It is the 515th episode of the Chair Shop Podcast, a rare Tuesday night edition of the podcast. So we're going up against Dark um, and, you know, um, NXT. Um, so, so wrestling lives on Tuesday, lads. Um, uh, obviously, the, the the main reason we were we're taking place here in the early week rather than the weekend is because of WrestleMania. Uh, I was also uh, sick yesterday, but we'll talk about that later. We're gonna we're gonna get into the the, 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 the real deal main event stuff here. Before we do that, I will introduce my goals first. Obviously, uh, first up, we do have our producer, Mr. Paul. Hello, and also. Mr. Joe Towner. Hello. Lads, how are we feeling in the wake of the old WrestleMania? Um, it was alright, wasn't it? It was okay. <laughs> it was pretty good, yeah. The the, yeah, the, the, the good vibes were flowing. Yeah. It was, it was um, a pretty good show. I was fearing the worst after the you know the last few years, but I quite right. enjoyed quite enjoyed it. Especially because I think WrestleMania can be a very particular brand of shite do you know what i mean it's not just mm. a typical bad wwe show you want like they have a real propensity for for horrific time wasting on a bad right. wrestlemania they're faffing around with celebrities and there's fireworks going off and and there's comedy matches that go forever and then and, and you're just you're waiting for the yeah the juice but uh, the two night format i think is, is working out so we're gonna jump into it here this has got two two pay-per-views in a row where we're we're kicking off the show with the uh the wrestling chit chat so we'll get that moving now uh the first night saturday night's show uh was the show that almost wasn't uh, because Saturday night they did have the significant rain mm. delays, mm. Uh, which at one point, as much as I enjoyed these shows, it would have been extremely funny if they ended up not happening. I mean, I, I, I can't act like I wouldn't have been highly entertained <laughs> by that. Um, <laughs> did you lads catch any of like the promos they did while they were stalling? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because um, I, I watched it live. Right, I think, I, am I the only one who watched both shows live? Uh, yes. yes. Okay, so I also watched... Um, God love me. I, I I don't learn. I also watched the kickoff show right of night one, um, which led me on Sunday morning to say I am doing literally anything during that uh, kickoff for night two. I'm not watching that utter drivel. Um, <laughs> oh, the kickoff God. show, you know, yeah. the the usual suspects: Jerry Lawler, Booker T, JBL, uh, Mark Rosenberg. Oh, Rosenberg. Yeah, I watched the kickoff show, which I will never do again. Um, I learned the hard way. Um, just like I think when when I was watching the pre-show, I likened it to the Undertaker's entrance in that it was mind-numbing. Um, God, it's just the worst shit. <laughs> and, then, and then yeah, they they go and now WrestleMania. And then they go, oh, actually, lads, sorry, there's no WrestleMania, it's raining. Everyone's had to go outside. Um, here's half an hour of hurried um, interviews where <laughs> wrestler and the interviewer are going to be talking over each other. And <laughs> some of them will be quite good. The people who are obviously going to interviews will be quite good. And the others will just be disjointed and weird. Um, what here's you here's Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neill to do an incredibly awkward intro. <laughs> 
I think yeah. even even if Hogan wasn't a massive old racist, um, that would still would have been a weird weird, weird partnership to have running the show. Just no chemistry at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Weird. I'm just sick. Yeah, I'm sick of Hogan just being carted out to to just do like the vague parody of himself. You yeah. know, brother, Miles Brewing. It's strange how a man who was so kind of charismatic in his prime, he just doesn't have that charisma anymore. He just doesn't no. have the. Pre- it's weird how someone can can lose it like that. I don't know what how you define uh, it, but I I know what it is. Oh, what is it? Did you see the little clip of him at the Hall of Fame? No. God, like they no. showed. They showed. Well, I, no, I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong, but they, they showed on the. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was in the King of Show. I don't remember. But they showed a little clip of you know the NWO being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Hogan had the little black beard mm. under the blonde moustache. And I was like, Jesus, he looks like he looks much younger with the the little uh, stubble. And then he came out looking like an old fossil on WrestleMania with the old <laughs> just the old handlebar moustache. So I think that that is that is the source of the man's charisma is when he has a little black black on his on his chin. Yeah. yeah. Um Speaking of the Hall of Fame, though, oh my God, the ghost of Scott Hall. Yeah, speaking of a man who needs the stubble back, um, God, he's like, he's surely like first in line for the vaccine at his age. (laughs) (laughs) He looks about about 800. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, So yeah, the show, the first bit of the show was very up in the air. I feel like they thought they were going to be back multiple times, but they kept half to stalling. And so yeah. they were cutting to the announcers looking like they were fucking down pitch side at the Sunday League. Um, <laughs> in their little in their little tarps in the queue to get pints at Slane. Um, oh. Which actually which they, was very funny. Seeing Samoa Joe there in his little his little no, they, tarp. They looked like uh, Bryce Remsberg when he was doing the um, explosion <laughs> match. Uh, it did eventually get going. They had a big ceremony on the ramp where Vince came out, and and uh, they had literally everyone. Usually, when they do these type of things, one or two big stars get the exemption, but no, everyone was out there to welcome back the fans. And then Bebe Rexa sang a song. Hey, well, I say a song, "America the Beautiful." It's the one they usually sing at these shows. Um, yeah. uh, the opener was bad, by the way. Her singing was her singing was not good. Uh, I don't really see. I can't. I, I don't really rate anyone singing based on whether or not they can do that rendition of that song that every singer tries to do at the Super Bowl or WrestleMania. And the lay, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not a beautiful. Whatever the fuck she said. You know because you prick listen to it. Whatever. Yeah. They just. Why do they have an interchangeable song? I, I don't know. Whatever. No. Yeah. But anyway. It's like they always get some like fucking pretentious X Factor contestant style singing of that song, just warbling so much. I hate it. Yeah, um, it was nice though that they opened the pay per view with two big tits, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan and Tox introduced her to sing the song. Don't be mean about Titus. He's nice. Right? <laughs> He's he is nice <laughs> and Titus O'Neill. And he, he is nice, and he is a Hall of Famer, and he literally got put into the Hall of Fame for being so nice, which makes it even funnier that they paired him with Hogan, when you really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, do you know when there's the, the the young lions or whatever they call them and they have to drive around the old fogey wrestlers and wipe their arses <laughs> and stuff? Why did he get that assignment? Poor lad. Uh, I, you saying that did make me think, I'm just imagining Titus standing there with Vince and Hogan and Titus going, what makes us a pair of bollocks? The prick in the middle. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Vince firing him for that. <laughs> for for touching his arm when he laughed. For touching his arm and calling him a prick. Anyway. <laughs> after, after, after the hour of shite in the pre-show and then what felt like another hour of shite. Well, no, the, some of the promos were all right. But I wanted the matches to start. And eventually the matches did start. And we got uh, the great Bobbo Lashley uh, successfully defending his uh, his whatever that one the WWE Championship that's the one he has yeah, over through yeah. McIntyre you know a solid little opener um, yeah, I was surprised that Bob won um, on this occasion yeah I would have figured the first match after a year with no fans first match for the, the fans they'd give them the old happy not a happy ending because it's the first match in the show but you know <laughs> the happy opening um, so everyone can cheer and remember what it's like to cheer and be happy and ah, Drew. Um, the match was very good it was it was very refreshing to see a match uh, featuring men of this size that didn't go two minutes of just finishers yeah um, that's what we've been accustomed to the last couple of years uh, the finish was a bit stinky with the distraction but um, no it was a good good opener enjoyed it yeah, it was decent, but again, that ending—it's just like they—they they can't help themselves. <laughs> like, how do we make him look like a massive idiot? Have him be distracted by someone shouting at him—that's never happened before in wrestling. Uh, I know. Yeah. So yeah, Drew looks like an idiot, but oh well. Yeah, I, I also didn't get the the rationale. I mean, especially because like Drew's was like sh- shagged out of his coronation moment last year and. He's had to put the show on his back during the, the shittiest period imaginable. He's trying to get people to watch despite no live fans and always being on the same brand as The Fiend. Um, <laughs> and I thought he would at least get he'd get the little golden handshake in this one, but I guess not. Also, I remain if the big if the if the swerve if the big point of the match was actually to have Bob be the star, which is, you know, I don't hate that. I like Bob Lashley. He still looks incredible for, for a, a 45-year-old man. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Drew would have lost to Miz randomly like a month ago right. to then have Miz lose to, to Lashley. But whatever, look, that's WWE for you. That's what we can sit here and pop. That's why we don't review Raw every week. Um, um, the Raw last night was dreadful. Yeah. Um, um, the thing about Lashley, I'll say though, is that he absolutely felt like he belonged in the WWE title match. Yeah. Whereas before, um, in his like first run, for example, I don't know if he ever truly felt like um, a main eventer, even even when they tried to push him on ECW, etc. Mm. Uh, but here, he felt like he belonged. He felt like one of the top stars on the on either show. Yeah. So uh, that led us in to the uh, women's gauntlet match. Um, some really horrific pro wrestling going on in this match. Um, 
This yeah, it felt like it felt like if you were to make this type of stipulation twelve years ago, this is the caliber of match you would. I was really disappointed given that there's a lot of people in this match who I think are, are decent. Do you know what I mean? I don't think right. this is not this is not a match full of Kelly Kellys. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, no. but but oh, a lot of people having bad nights in this one and it was and then the result, I was like, Oh god. I like Tamina, two match Tamina this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tamina and Natalia won the gauntlet. I mean, I I was certain when when they um, when they won, I was like, right, this has to be. They're getting jumped tomorrow night and replaced by someone else. Or uh, they, I, I figured they're going to do a like Hardy's. Uh, admittedly, they don't have a similar team to like return and take the spot. But like a Hardy style. There's a third team. The hosts come out and go this. This uh, match needs something special, and they, they like yeah. bring a third team to be in it. And the fact that they didn't and still went with this result was really something. Yeah, I, I thought maybe the Bellas or, um, you know, just whatever. But yeah, so anyway, that happened. NXT team, like anybody. Yeah, anyone, anyone really. Um, so no such joy and no such joy with the match either. The state uh, of some of the teams, though. I mean, yeah. as you said, not horrible wrestlers, but like, it's really an indictment of their women's tag division that it's just like women slapped together into a team for no reason. What it was like Lana and Naomi, Carmella and uh, Billy Kay. Tamina Billy Kay and... is such a horrible wrestler, by the way. Oh my <laughs> god! Well, we know that. Yeah, but well. um, and then you had Mandy Rose. Um, and your one, Dana Brooke. Yeah. In the maddest looking gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mandy slips on the way down to the ring. Various things are slipping out during the match. I'm sure um, it wasn't an audible call for her to win the match based on how much Vince assuredly loved the ball. Um, I know. Um, God, it was horrible. It was, it was, I, I couldn't stand it, to be honest, the whole match. Um, only the riot, um, squ- riot squad is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they felt like okay. This is I'm watching a cohesive tag team of two women who feel like they are a team, and they're baby faces. Surely they'll win. No, they've got beaten by the owls. To me, in a tie. That led us into Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Um, uh, good match. Uh, Cesaro won. This is probably this is probably the best point to to point out that like basically every match on this show was like eleven minutes long except for the main event, right. which yeah you could not have asked for like a better runtime because stuff like this they didn't have to get bogged down in any kind of extended period where Seth's mm. sitting there with him in a hold or. Well, there was or, no Triple H or Undertaker on this show. No, for oh the first my god! Time in however long. Could you Sorry. imagine a Triple H match on either of these cards? These cards that moved along so briskly and were so much better for it. Well, yeah. apparently AJ Styles was trying to get Triple H for a match. Why? I believe I heard. I don't know why. No, I think it was the other way around. I think Triple H said, "Oh, I love a match with AJ Styles," and everyone went, "Yeah, I bet you would." You fucking, oh. fucking idiot. <laughs> Um, 
anyway, this match was good. There was not much of a, there was not, not much on the line to it, but they did, they, they tried to make a big deal out of the fact this was his first singles match and his first Mania singles win. And yeah. they, they acted, it reminded me, this is a very specific reference. It reminded me of when AJ Styles won the TNA Legends Championship, the absolute nothing joke belt from, I think, Nash or something in like, like three years after he'd already been a world champion and he jumped into the crowd and he was crying and they were acting like this is the greatest thing that had ever happened in the career of AJ Styles. And like Cesaro winning a singles mid-card match here was treated like uh, <laughs> he just, he, it's 1998 and he just beats uh, Shawn Michaels for the world title. Right. Um, <laughs> I did not understand That's that. Really, but for, yeah. well, no. That baffled me as well. Um, the, how much they so He won the Andre the, the Giant Battle Royal, like was it seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now he's hit the big time. Like, okay. Very strange. It was a very good match, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. He did the yeah. old uh, spin around on the shoulders, Dealy. Yeah. Love that. Classic. Love that yeah. Um. Up next, uh, we got AJ Styles and Amos defeating New Day. Um. Uh, for what this was, I actually thought this was pretty amusing it was not i don't know if it was a great match per se um but basically no. <laughs> for some reason the story of the match is like aj is because it's a tag team match he is automatically a scrub and he doesn't know how to do anything and he's just getting and he's just like being, being treated like a jabron <laughs> no as you say i like that yeah i i thought it was set up perfectly for you know the story they told um, New Day were keeping AJ Styles from getting a moss in, and then once he did, he he did his 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 crazy big guy stuff. I I would like to see him a bit more, a bit more expressive, a bit more wide eyed, and yeah, you know, taking like reveling in the fact that he's murdering these little men, like El Gigante, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, quite sh- <laughs> not quite as shit. If you're gonna do it, do it. Don't fuck around. Yeah. Like, just fucking loving the fact that he's a big, huge fucker. And he's killing just, these Yeah, people. very satisfied yeah. and kind of a bit of a grin, you know. Yeah. He's, he was a little, um, he was a little stoic. But, uh, no, it was good. I liked he was doing the, the Bane backbreaker spots. Yeah. And... No, it was, it was, it was, it was good crack. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was like New Day were like, so, it was like, it was one of those beautiful wrestling things where the finish was so obvious, but it was still so fun, the journey along the way. Because New Day were so happy when they were beating down AJ Styles. So they like, we've got this thing in the bag. Now, let me let me take a big sip of coffee and check uh, the tail of the tape for Omos. Um, and then once, yeah, once he got in, he... he, he I mean, I think it was, it, was, it was pretty obvious, you know, I wouldn't have expected this to go too much longer and Omas to go in there and do some spots. No. Um, I think what he did was fine. Um, he is he is gigantic, even by wrestling standards. He's an absolutely huge man. Yeah, but he can um, move. He can move. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, he was running across the ring into the corners. So uh we uh, weirdly enough they were not on Raw, so I, I we don't really have a feel for what the, the direction on that will be, but we'll see. Uh, then we had uh, Braun Stro- Strowman 
defeating Shane McMahon. I Shane McMahon is like the most unsatisfying wrestler to watch in the world because like this should have been two minutes long and Braun gets him in the cage and throws him all over the place and Shane's begging for mercy. Oh no, don't kill me. And he tries to climb over the top and then they do the big spot at the end where he falls into the ring and everyone cheers. But because it's Shane McMahon, we, they had to do boxing and it had to be fucking Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 7 here with fucking <laughs> Braun Strowman and Shane having strike battles and Shane bobbing and weaving. I'm like, oh my fuck off. This is worse than when I fucking went to to see WrestleMania. And then him and Undertaker had to have a fucking grapple contest on the mat in the middle of the cell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was surprised because I went, you know, far be it for me to refer to any of these fine competitors matches as a toilet break. But when I heard Braun versus Shane was coming up, I hit the toilet for a big old shite. Uh, and surprisingly, I came back to find Shane McMahon beating up Braun Strowman. <laughs> I said, oh, that's not what I expected. Apparently, Elias and the other fella came out and hit him yeah, with a chair or something. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> skipping through this one. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They, to be fair, I, I did like the spot where Shane was on the outside and Braun grabbed him by the hand and kind of tore the cage down. Yeah. That was cool. Um. And then the the throw off the top, what would normally feel like such um, an impressive spot, just left me kind of cold for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily because Shane Wan does these, he's always throwing off shit. Like, I don't think that's necessarily why. I think it might have just been the fact that the match was just kind of bleh, mm-hmm. that when you then go, oh, well, we'll have a bleh match, and then, but then he throws me off the cage. It's like, well, you, you kind of need to build up to that to have it be feel like climactic and big, you know. Um, looked like it sucked. He fucking bounced off that ring pretty hard. He's too old for this. He's too old for this. Fifty-two-year-old man taking a forward bump off a cage into, into the ring. Come on now. I feel like, uh, yeah. I mean. I was a, when when they were standing and literally standing fully upright on top of the cage. I was like, Jesus, this is even for Shane. Even if there's a crash pad under the table, like this is a nasty bump to take. He's going to jump all the way over to the table. I just didn't expect him to go into the ring. That must have sucked, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the story. I mean, the storyline was absolute dirge. Um, going into this, and Braun is just I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any time for Braun anymore. Really. No. The whole the whole Braun is stupid thing. And then him at the end going, this is for everyone who is ever called stupid. I mean, this is what we're doing now. So stupid. It's not like he won by being really clever. That would have made sense. You know what I mean? If he'd outsmarted Shane, that would have been perfect. But he he was just stronger than him. He didn't really prove anything, did he? Well, there was the bit where he grabbed him through the cage. I thought that that was ripe for Michael Cole to go. You know, in in his own Michael Cole way... He outsmarted Shane McMahon. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even. They didn't even say that. They didn't even draw attention to it in that way. Yeah. Very strange. By the way, Eric Chupamoting just scored for Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> My remember, best remember how you was remember how you were slagging him off before? <laughs> I was before we started recording. We were talking about. Who got any shit? Played for Stoke. He's never going <laughs> to score. 
Well, no, I didn't say he was ever going to score. I said he played. He played for Stoke, and he was shit. Why did he? How was he fuck playing for Bayern Munich? Anyway, that. Um, that brought us to the semi-main event, which was the Bad Bunny and Damien Priest beating the Miz and Morrison. Um, Miz and Morrison bunny hopped to the ring with loads of what I assume are. NXT jabrones and bunny outfits. Yeah, um, some of them missing ears. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I think that I think that was supposed to be on purpose, but it looked like shit. Um, Why? Why was that on purpose? Because <laughs> because like a bunch of them had it. Like it, it wasn't. No, just... No, I think it was just shit costumes. Like, you could see them falling off. Oh, because <laughs> oh, I because like there was loads of them, and they all had they all specifically had one off, and I was like, oh, is that like supposed to be? Is that is that artistic? I don't know. Um, but then, like, Bad Bunny's entrance was like fucking The Matrix. It was so cool. He's in like a, a <laughs> black leather jacket on top of a, of a Terminator 2 truck. Uh, it was pretty fucking good for. Because this, this was not a great WrestleMania for the old spectacle entrances, to be honest. No. Um, but this was cool. But that one was cool. Um, so this was really fun. As, as you probably would have been able to tell from the, pre, from the odd gifts you might have seen or, the, or checking out the odd segments. He obviously is somewhat agile and somewhat serious about uh, about not not being a state in the ring. You know, I think I yeah, think it he, was Evan. I mean, as far as celebrities go, this was like prime Brian Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared I, to what you normally get. I I would struggle to think of a of a better one. I liked Shaq a few weeks ago. I thought this was better than that. Oh, um, much, much better. This lad was hitting a fucking Canadian destroyer on the outside of the ring for the crack. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and like, what was fascinating about this match to me, there's two things. One, it kind of felt like they didn't really have a whole lot of faith in Damien Priest. Cause yeah, yeah. If I was, if you asked me ahead of time, Barry, how do you think this match will go? I was like, well, I'm Damian Priest will get in. He'll work the vast majority of it. They'll hot tag the Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny can do like three spots. Everyone go, oh my god, he did a cross body. Oh my god, he did a he did a drop kick, and then he'll do a splash for a pin, and he'll he'll wrestle for thirty seconds, and everyone will cheer, and it'll be probably be good. But like, not only did bad bunny like work the entire match and like get he got they got the heat on him and he was selling and he was great and he was charismatic selling and sympathetic and all this stuff stuff they like really hid priest and then the second thing i found crazy was they were kind of right too because he tagged it and he was a bit shit <laughs> <sighs> like he, he immediately got in and he was he was doing the fucking like uh, the unsure indie wrestler thing of just being like slightly a step off and looked like he was thinking about every single thing he was doing, um, and like it, it, the match fell apart when he tagged in. He's yeah. doing like spin, shitty spin kicks that he didn't even connect on, and yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. Like Bad Bunny worked like eighty percent of the match, and it was good. Yeah. Even more surprisingly. Yeah, you mentioned the Canadian destroyer. Like, yeah, he had his big spots. <laughs> yeah, like his his selling and his punches were great. And it was like, oh, this guy's this guy's got something. <laughs> now that that bit to me did feel like showing off a little bit. Like, look, look, we we got this guy working, and he's gonna do a fucking destroyer. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but like WrestleMania, come on, that was that was a WrestleMania moment. Uh, so and then he got the pin as well, which again was really yeah. indicative uh, of of what they made of that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. One of the better celebrity matches ever. Um, yeah, you, you talked about how good Bad, Bad Bunny's uh, entrance was as well. I also thought the Damien Priest's entrance was dreadful, where he I just like stomps, he, he just stomps his feet and jumps up and down. Oh yeah, uh, he looked ter- terrible gear as well, pink purple gear. Oh, he looked like an idiot. Oh, anyway, thank God for Bad Bunny. Thank God for Bad Bunny, and thank God for the main event of this evening's show, which was, as they confirmed, kind of in the lead-up, Bianca Belair challenging for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. This was uh, yeah, the main event. It was uh, it had the big fight feel. Um, mm. It was obviously very historically significant. Uh, obviously, they mentioned that they were the first two, uh, you know, black women to main event, but also the, the first women's singles match as well. I mean, because the previous mm. women's match was the the three way with Becky, um, which, and, which and in also, hindsight, I think it's interesting. Uh, JBL on the kickoff made a point that the fact that these are two black women main eventing WrestleMania is not important. <laughs> yes, yeah, he was like. Well, you know, what, what, what was his even point? All of just it's WrestleMania. That's all that matters. What was he saying? I don't. I don't know. know. It's it's not Black History. It's just history. But it's not really history because it's just the wrestling. It's just a wrestling show. JBL <laughs> going all wrestlers matter on the fucking pre-show. Oh my Jesus! Yeah. Um, one thing I did like was so so the the bell rings and they kind of had their moments, and it was not. It was an actual moment. Do you know what I mean? It was like, mm. it was, and it was specifically Bianca, which it was just like, it was really interesting because like Sasha Banks was like, even though this is obviously the thing she's literally wanted her entire life, basically, like literally probably her entire life. She was, she was being the pro. Do you know what I mean? She was playing it yeah. straight. She was, and Bianca was, was, was getting a little overwhelmed and they literally just had like a, a six second thing where she just kind of, looked overwhelmed and then she composed herself and then they had their match and it was way more natural and it felt more significant and special than the reference I always love going back to which was the 2011 Royal Rumble when John Cena and Randy Orton looked at each other in the middle of the ring and then turned and looked at the WrestleMania sign and no one in the entire building made a fucking (laughs) key because they'd already wrestled each other about 70 times up to this point um, and Michael Cole was like, well, this, what could this mean? And it, <laughs> whereas uh, this, this was an actual moment. And then they had a, a, a banger of a match to, to, to cap it all off. So uh, what did you make of the match? I thought it was very good. I thought it was very good. I don't think it ever got into that real top, top, top gear that some of the like NXT women's matches did. Um, I would still, I'd probably put this like third, Behind the the two Bailey and um, Sasha mm. matches, um, but still but really really good. I think definitely better than the the three way um, from a couple of years ago, uh, and better than most of the women's matches I've seen recently. Um, still not as good as Thunder Rosa and Rip Baker, obviously. But uh, what can you do? They didn't have any blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah, really good. I think I haven't seen much of of Belair to be honest because she's kind of emerged over the last year or so where I've watched absolutely nothing apart from the Royal Rumble. So um I think she's she's really good. Very, very impressive. And uh, Sasha did did her um got all her stuff in, 
did a great job. She's definitely there were arguments over, you know, is she the best WWE women's wrestler of all time? I think it's it's I wouldn't say definite, but you know, it would be hard to argue against it. In in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know if I have too much more to add. I thought it was a very solid match. I think like Joe, I don't think that oh, there's a dog around here somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. think that um I don't think any of the matches on either show really hit like fifth gear in a way that like a really big satisfying match does necessarily. But this was probably one of the two or three best matches across the two nights. Um maybe maybe the best. Um yeah, there wasn't too many there wasn't too many crazy spots. One thing I like about both shows is that there wasn't a, an over reliance on hitting finishers and Mm. Yes, kicking out, etc. Like Bianca hits her finish, and that's the finish. I think that's maybe what a big watching WWE kind of get conditioned to that, and mm. then when it doesn't happen, it's almost like, well, this isn't an epic match because Triple H hasn't done a, pe- a fucking tombstone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was right. this an epic? You know, it's not thirty minutes long; it's only seventeen minutes. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of harmed some of these matches. But it was still, yeah, it was a really, really good match. Yeah, I yeah, um, and I think that might be a thing that might help this match uh, historically when people go back and watch it. So I think it is. I think it's a rewatch match, and I think those are the kind of matches that do hold up. Maybe a little. You go back and you watch Taker and Sean from like twenty five. Obviously, it's still great, but like I I'll never experience that match again the way I did the very first time watching it on Justin TV back in the day. Um, <laughs> When 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 you truly didn't know that kickout was coming, whereas this, I think that this is extremely high praise, and I don't make it lightly because I, I hold this match in very high esteem. Sasha's performance in this did remind me a bit of like Brian's performance in the Kofi match, mm. where I was watching it going, I was like, "You are you are like one of the fucking best wrestlers in the world," but you're not doing you're not convincing me of that by doing the most spectacular things a human can do. And wowing me with your spots. It's like you're having you're having the greatest match ever to make the other person look like they are the the, the new star. Um, yeah. uh, and it was, it was like Bianca is phenomenal for for her age, especially, but she's still so young, so far to go. This is this is very much the beginning of her her career for real when you really think about it. Um, but Sasha is in this, like this other stratosphere. Um, yeah. Really tremendous, and just and just you, you love when you get a match like this. They treat it as a big fight, and then it's just it's just a match, and it just has a finish, and there's no bullshit, and they just have everyone celebrate, and it's all happy, and everyone's cheering, and you're like, wow, <laughs> they did not need to overcomplicate that um, mm. to any degree. So uh, yeah, thumbs ups all around there. Um, so that was Saturday night. Um, I don't know if this was official, but I certainly felt like. Um, it was a Vinceism to not call them Night One and Two. It was WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah, um, nice, but... <laughs> it was one of those things where if they said it once or twice, it'd be fine. But they had to say it every time, which made you think, "Oh God, they're getting yelled at to say that." Um, night Two, or sorry, Sunday. Um. Titus and Hogan came out dressed as pirates. He was bad. Oh, God. 
the I only quite like the costumes. I like the costumes. <laughs> the only the only good thing about this segment was that the audio guy forgot to hide Hogan's booze. Um, so so Hogan go, oh our brother, and everyone goes, yeah, like on a on a on a three second delay. Um, uh, every time he spoke, um, they also had a segment with Bailey in the back that was Bischoff plugging his podcast. Uh, Hogan and Titus, and then Bailey came up and they said, Oh, we got to go talk. Hall of Fame business. Oh, it's dreadful. Anyway, uh, what do we get here? We got, oh, oh well, how can I forget? The opener, the return of the unburned fiend. <gasps> uh, oh, he's been healed. He's been healed. Now, I will say, to, to, to be a fair man, and we are we are known around the web as the fairest, and yeah, 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 most yeah. impartial, and most objectively yeah. correct podcast in all of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for someone who has no who has no patience for the fiend stuff, I thought at least the fiend's entrance was at least one of the more remarkable ones of the uh, of the night with him walking through like the mirror hallway, whatever it was. Um, <sighs> you know, I'm not in the box. I, well, yeah, I mean, they lost me a bit with the Jack in the Box, but you know, yeah, it was I, all right. It was it was okay. Uh, I would be more annoyed by the uh, the Jack in the Box later. So the Fiend faced Randy Orton. Uh, the Fiend was popped out of his Jack in the Box by his definitely an adult compatriot, uh, Alexa Bliss. <laughs> uh, I mean, she was re. I know it's WrestleMania, so you got it, but she was really like, "I am a child." Is the is this gimmick? That's what it's, it's so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. bizarre. <laughs> uh, like, I like in a in a creepy way. Yeah, I know this is an overused cliche, but it is fully. I don't want other people to see me watching this when the little, when the um, the the incredibly sexy fitness model turned wrestler comes out portraying like a a simple eight year old. I I don't want to be seen watching that. Um, and actually doing a segment on Raw that's like a fake children's TV show. I'm like, ah, oh, God, I don't want to stop. I don't even think about it. Anyway, uh. Never mind all that shit because this was not a a a, a, a fun house uh, magic lightning shooting fest. Uh, the Fiend and Randall Keith Orton had a a wrestling contest um, to open this show. Yeah, quite uh, a dull the, one, an incredibly boring one where they I forgot did they did they stop doing the Fiend lighting at some point? I feel like they did. I don't know. I don't. I I don't remember. I think he had a. He had like a match with Kevin Owens, I think, that was not bad. I remember watching it. I think they had the lights up. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the lights are back. The old evil Sin Cara lights. Um, yeah. And so they're having a match. And at one point, I think... When did the fire go off? Did the fire go off just before the finish? Yeah, the cane sort of fire. Uh, yeah, so yeah. the fiend, Bray Wyatt, he went for the sister Abigail, the, the move named after the ghost, not the ghost itself. Um, <laughs> he 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 set Randy Orton. Him and Randy Orton are having, right. like right. literally just a wrestling match. Uh, right, a wrestling match in which Bray wasn't selling. He wasn't selling. He was doing you know he's using these breaks. So Randy drops him on the table, but he just doesn't sell it. So they go back into the ring. The Fiend is about to hit Sister Abigail. The the K in the pyro goes off, which is the the four corners, and Alexa Bliss emerges from the top of the Jack in the Box. And she's ditched her schoolgirl fucking preschool outfit. <laughs> and she's now dressed um how would you even describe it? Like a just like a a, a, a spooky uh, haunted house character. She's she's like um 
the Cara Devlin character in Suicide Squad. Yes, very good, very good reference. Um, whatever, whatever that character was called, I've oh, yeah, wiped that movie that character from memory. Something witch, isn't she? Is she witch? Something, something, something magic. Oh, who cares? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I also, I also saw the, the folks in a Ninja Theory say she looked like the main character, the Senua from from mm. those, those series of games. Well, she, but she looked like that before. She had the eye makeup on when she came out dressed as a baby yeah so so she so you know and i will say again you know a fair man like out of the context of this angle being stupid i thought it was a a striking visual at least yeah, a cool visual a cool visual and, it, yeah. and you know to be fair, they 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 rigged up a cool practical effect that didn't look like shit it looks <laughs> like kind of cool. taking his eye out yeah there was it was the pound shop eye or um you know or, or like crappy sparkler or something yeah. like that they she had like Again, the subtle imagery and lore of this brilliant storyline. She had like a crown of thorns on her head. I don't know what that references. Um, uh, <laughs> and they had like actually some well hidden, I assume, piping going through it that was squirting yeah. the oil. So, so credit where it's due. But anyway, it was fucking stupid, regardless. And <laughs> the fiend was distracted by this, and he lost to a cutter. <laughs> The the RKO. When you uh, put it that way, it sounds dumb. <laughs> uh, I, I I believe he calls it powerful move um, to pick up the to pick up a win. Um, yeah, the fiend is no selling without the window. Once Alexa Bliss's oil come out and she pointed at him. Yeah. Again, so um, Maybe he lost. I think this is how you know. If I'm interpreting it, um, maybe the fiend. Something to do with the goo. Maybe he lost his power. Maybe that's that's what's going. Is maybe the he, goo his the MacGuffin? Is that his power? That's like yeah, or maybe Alexa Bliss or whatever she's called. Um, maybe the ghost of Sister Abigail was leaving her via the Black Ooze, and that spirit is what provides his power. So when that was gone, he was prone to the simple uh, RKO out of nowhere. I'll be honest, Joe, that sounds a lot like season six of Lost you're describing. <laughs> Not wrestling. Uh, based uh, based on her, her raw promo, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the um that's yes, the direction. So you just Randy, gotta think about it. This is the you wrestling fact, you just don't like take it in. You know what yeah. I mean? If you took it in, you'd get it and then you'd yeah. love it. Release but I, themed I, cost. I do love the you know, wrestling fans who still have that little glint in their eye, their, their little uh, optimism, little glint of optimism, that they'll still look into these things and go, this is my interpretation of the goo of Alexa Bliss coming out of Alexa Bliss's head. Uh, this one, I, I think it, it, it's symb- symbolic of the Sister Abigail lore, as opposed to it being like, they've put no thought into it. Oh, what if oil come out of her head? And then Bray Wyatt gets distracted and loses. That's probably... It, you know, yeah. Uh, Randy Orton very smartly has moved on, and I think he specifically said that on Raw. Um, <laughs> so I guess we might get a Fiend versus Fiend. Oh, I don't know. Oh my god, that'd be great! Fiend versus Fiend. How would that work? Well, because Fiend. I think I think Alexa is turning on Bray, but they are they, they are both retaining their Fiend uh, essence. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I suppose... Thought, I thought you meant they were going to have Bray Wyatt versus someone else wrestling as The Fiend. Yeah, Festus. Uh, as as imposter. Keith Lee. Keith Lee as the, uh, other, as the other Fiend. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was that was your, your, your dedicated Fiend lore segment. Um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated Tamina and Natalia. I, I will say I thought this was this was not terrible. I didn't think it was that good, but I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was terrible, so I'll counter your argument. Really? Oh yeah, it was fucking boring shite. And that's you know okay, I it can was, say it, that. I can say that with the bias of I don't care for three of the people in the match at all. But even trying to be open-minded, I didn't enjoy it at all. Fair enough. I I, I wasn't pro it enough to, to argue it, but um... I think my issue is that you know Shayna Baszler and Ajax as the champions had to work as the heels of the match because they're the heel champions. But like, I can't get behind Tamina and Natalia as faces because yeah. I don't have any emotional connection to them, despite them being around for eons and eons. Just by virtue of the fact that they never do anything and they never feel like important characters. So I just couldn't get into it. Regardless of whether the work was of a higher standard than, you know, the match the previous night, which undoubtedly it was, still as the women's as a title match on WrestleMania, it was like bottom tier for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um still very very curious as to what, what the end game here was. I mean, was it literally just they were like Throw throw the the elder statesman a bone and give him a WrestleMania match. I mean that's fine, I guess. Um, you know, especially because like that, like as we were talking about with the back on the match. I mean the division is not great to say the least. So maybe they didn't want to put the riot squad in and have them lose now because they wanted to wait and give them the belts later. I don't know. I'm probably thinking about it more than they are. So no, I think that's probably a. On the on the money, that sounds like a legitimate reason why. But still, it, it's it's classic. They've painted they've painted themselves into a corner by doing a gauntlet match and not having a plan for what you know the result of it would be, and therefore hmm. the follow up match. So. Uh, the finish uh, the finish was okay. It was uh, Natalia had the sharpshooter on Nia Jax. Jax wasn't legal, so Baszler came in, and while still with the Sharpshooter on, she applied the Kokina clutch to, to Natalia got kicked in the face about four times in this match as well. Yeah, she had a, a pretty sizable uh, boo boo on her lip. She she tweeted <laughs> all her teeth intact at the very least, but it did not look it did not look pleasant. Yeah, all um, her totally natural teeth were intact. Right? Yeah. Oh you catty bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all they're all beautiful women. Up next. They're all lovely girls. Up next. We Speaking have, of uh, beautiful people, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, one of the maddest looking people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny how, like, the in the company of, of all the... Ah, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Kevin Owens <laughs> defeated Sami Zayn. I was going to talk about how weird it is that Sami Zayn, of all people, got the conspiracy theory you know whatever yeah that's true, um, that's true. i suppose they don't employ that morgan anymore um <laughs> kevin owens defeated sammy Zayn with logan paul in his corner 
Um, yeah. Logan Paul's involvement in all this was really weird, right? Because all his when him and Sammy were first tweeting each other, Paul's tweets kind of came off like he was just being like polite, but didn't really have any interest. And then he showed up on SmackDown, and he was, you know, I was, I was like, oh, Logan Paul's such a dick, and he's really insufferable, and I, I bet you he's going to be a massive arsehole on WWE, and they, they won't call him back. And then he's like, no, he just stood there, and he's like, yeah, Sammy, no, they're they're doing you wrong, and then and then this WrestleMania appearance was the same. He came out, he, he waved the crowd, he sat down. He like I don't know if I was expecting him to just be a nightmare because he because he is a bit of a nightmare in real life, but he's you know he reacted to the match. He wasn't fucking around, waving at the fans, goofing off on his phone. He was he wasn't yawning. During he wasn't yawning or fucking like I remember you know like I, I expected a lot worse. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe that's maybe that's harsh. But um, anyway, Owens and Zayn had a good match. Um, it was okay. I. I... I don't know what my expectations were for it, but I just, again, like the whatever match I referred to earlier, it just never kind of clicked into a full gear for me. Yeah. And look, look, I expected for them, like, you know, on a personal level, the, the, the two friends for 20 years finally getting a WrestleMania match. I don't know, it just it felt kind of safe, I guess. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, it was it was not in the, the pantheon of their of their great matches, I don't think. Logan um, took a hell of a stunner at the end as well. He took a great stunner, to be fair. And again, another aspect where I was like, "Oh, this is going to be shit. He's gonna, he's not gonna know how to take a move." And yeah, he was all right. He, he was no, you know, he didn't Linda, he didn't Trump, you know, he didn't embarrass the the, the move. <laughs> when he's uh, president in like twenty years time, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Trump, this will be this will be a hilarious gift to look back on in in twenty years when we're all he, calling for Logan to be removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, when when. <laughs> Uh, and we're like, look, look, folks, we don't like to get political on this show, but please, please go out, register. We got to get Paul out there. P- please vote for 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 um, Congressman DJ. Um, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Wait a minute, Congressman, he'd be like seventy years old by that time. Yeah, he'd be a congressman. Yeah, what? Perfect age. Perfect age. Yeah, perfect. he look he look exactly the same as he does now. Um, all all those natural teeth. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one thing I did like on both these nights with the Cesaro match, the Zayn match, and now this next match, Sheamus and Riddle, just just solid little ten minute matches. Nothing wrong with that on a yeah. on a on a WrestleMania or any pay per view, really. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Voices of Wrestling. I think it was tweeted it that this is a sort of match AEW needs more of. Yes, just like these kind of solid wrestling, like the Christian um, Kazarian match uh, yeah. from Nine Might More of that on the pay per view. Please, Tony Khan. Yeah, uh, double or nothing. I hope he's not the, the title challenger because I, I I don't really want to see that. I'd love middle of that card, eleven minutes. Christian Ricky Starks. That's the match you have to do on on double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Get it in, get it out. Winner, loser, no messing, no stipulation. Just yeah. just a, a, a ten minute rasp match, which is what no no, no, no Kip Sabian on it. No Kip Sabian. No, we can we can leave him at home. Um, Sheamus beat Riddle for the US title. Sheamus clubbered the fuck out of this man. Yeah, again, um, Riddle was kicked in the face about four times in this match. <laughs> oh, Sheamus is good. Um, it's funny though, Sheamus, as long as he's been around, he's like he has reinvented himself from time to time. But here we are. When did he debut? Like 2009? Nine, sorry, nine, yeah. Nine or ten. Here we are, like 12 years later, he's still wearing the same gear. He's got the same hair, got the same beard. He got fella. <laughs> I don't know. He, that's his... he held the US title 
a decade actually this month a decade ago when he was on the late late show uh, before the the Dublin house show um, that I went to um, in fact he had to him and Brian went on early because he had to then go be on the late late show um, so uh, so yeah it was a good match again 10 minutes in and out um, what is with the birds when he riddle kicks his shoes off I don't know. I what hate on all earth their, was that? All their AR shit, I, I oh. think looks terrible. Oh, um, I, I don't mind the big... When they have, like, you know, women's championship match, and it's, like, that's fine, but I I don't need, like, the, the, the sword for Drew, the snake looks terrible for Orton. Orton's career is haunted by just shitty snake graphics everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, and they're made even worse by the fact that the stadium itself looks great. Yeah. You're blocking it with a horrible, mm. you know, big Bobby Lashley or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and Roman's one is the worst, and he's the big star. His is just a big him, a big PS2 model of him. <laughs> he's big um, enough. Just game on camera. Why isn't it a big table? He's the head of the table. Why does he come out in between the big <laughs> table legs, like like Jerry from Tom and Jerry? <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Apollo Crews... I was surprised by this. Apollo Crews defeated Big E in the Nigerian drum match. Oh, uh, with- hang on. Before we get up, let, let's let's nip this one in the bud right away, right? They said... Was it on commentary they said it? Right, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it on commentary or was it in, like, a video package or was it on, like, a pre... It wasn't on the kickoff show because I didn't watch the kickoff show. But they said something along the lines of the backstory of the Nigerian drum match is, like in Nigeria when two people have a conflict or one person has been wronged and they want to get, you yeah. know, their vengeance. Yeah. It's like they beat their opponent so bad it's like, like the a sound drum. of a drum, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think they said explicitly this has got nothing to do with percussive instruments. Why were there drums at ringside then? Ah, but they didn't use them, did they? <laughs> yes they did. <laughs> No, they use kendo sticks more so. Yeah, they no, they use they use typical WWE plunder shit in the in, you know. <laughs> but why um, were they there then? I just because you know it was just to honor. Fans are stupid and need to be reminded that it's a drum match. We know, yeah, because it's the equivalent of um, when they go to the UK and they have to have the telephone box. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. what it did was instead of feeling like you know a match where you're beating your opponent so bad, it's like being a drum. It felt like one of those wacky. Um, Christmas street fight brawls where they have presents at ringside and stuff. Yeah, and that is a weird juxtaposition when they they were killing each other. I mean, they were really fucking each other up in this match. Um, uh, so yeah, that is that that is weird because uh, it was a big gong. They're trying to use a big gong on each other, and... which they didn't use. I was disappointed. One of them grabbed it, yeah, and the, the other person interfered, and that was they missed. They dropped, yeah, it fell. Yeah. Oh, we dropped it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, to be fair. I thought they did beat the shit out of each other with the kendo sticks and big ugly uranagi on the steps and a spear off the apron. Um, so they didn't they didn't really fuck around and do comedy, which I did appreciate. Um, this was the match where the camera work just was unwatchable at parts because anytime anyone does like an aggressive beatdown with a weapon, the camera just goes absolutely insane. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then the finish. Such a typical WWE thing. Baba Tunde, um of you know Evolve fame and oh Sam Samson of the main event fame. 
no, I think you'll find it was Daba Kato of Raw Underground fame, sir. Um, so th- this guy he, comes he, He's the legitimate David Bowie of the wrestling world. This guy comes out. And last year, during the, the, the doldrums of the pandemic-era ratings, when they were getting absolutely killed, they, they bring out this Raw Underground concept, of which he is like the main star. And it's not like he's easy to forget. He's fucking nine foot tall. With a very distinctive look, so he comes out in like a uh, like an, an officer's jacket. Oh so, god! So it looked, such looked dreadful. So nineties, so nineties wrestling that he would come out that. and he's and he would he's like he's going to be you know uh, my friend. I I flew my friend in. I know him from back in Nigeria. That's going to be the story. Some shit like that. So he does this and whatever. Like I think I think that pairing, aside from the jacket and the stupid gimmick, I think that's a okay pairing yeah. the commentators are like oh this 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 man this man just attack he's like you know, don't tell me you do not know who this man is he's been on telly for like, like not even nxt he was on raw in a massively promoted segment every week all summer and and now and he was also like undefeated in the raw underground um, <laughs> it, was on the, it was underground no one knew about it uh, oh sorry yeah i forgot like, they, they snuck a camera in um. Yeah. So that was such a WWE thing to act like you wouldn't know who that is. But anyway, that was that. So yeah, Apollo Cruz, IC champion. Uh, I'm. I you know, SmackDown hasn't come out yet, so I'll be, I'll be curious if this is like the beginning of okay, let's move Biggie up, or is it just a case of? I imagine they'll at least have one rematch, possibly. Yeah. But yeah, interesting to see Apollo get a get a chance. Uh. Rhea Ripley defeated Oscar in the Raw Women's Title match. What did um, you guys make of it? I thought it was solid, and yeah. Yeah. it made it was not perfect. And in that regard, it did just make me think, "Yeah, she fucking should have won last year when she had a much better match." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Rhea was really flat in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just it didn't it's it, the, the heel face dynamic is weird. Um, she's like this person that I think every not only does everyone kind of like because she's talented, but I think she's everyone knows last year was bullshit and it wasn't really fair. And and in this day and age, when you're a talented wrestler who gets a raw deal in the booking, the people want to cheer you. And to have her come up and be this shitty wishy washy heel character. Um, I don't think did her any favors. Um, and then the match itself was, they had some cool spots, but I think in between the spots, I don't think they were on the same page. Yeah, I thought it was just a bit flat overall. I thought Rhea, and I, Rhea's, Rhea's charismatic, like we've seen in the past. Yeah. She's, she's a charismatic girl, but I don't know. She just came off very monotone, very one note. And I was surprised by how Fly family because I thought this would yeah. be one of the, the better matches. Well, she's not been doing anything. She didn't have any momentum going into this. No, I think it's... She, she just debuted like the night after Fastlane, I think, didn't she? Yeah, they just brought her back on a on a. Well, they 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 teased it for like a month with like vignettes, but yeah, she she came back just it it was a it was a proper she came out and pointed to the WrestleMania sign thing. Um, right. So yeah, I heard the Raw matches. Bad. They had a rematch on Raw that I heard was not very good. Um, but yeah, whatever. We'll 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 see. It's still early. Um, was it just me, or was there like 
endless shit before the main event then in terms of video packages. The mm. Bellas coming out and knocking out Bailey. Oh, that was awful. The Hall of Fame. And the funny thing is, it's like the Bellas are like these these hotly debated thing where like some people don't give them enough credit and other people are like, these are the fucking they they led the charge. Why would you do a segment that would it just reminded me of the dark days of when their whole thing was to like dance and be pals with the hosts of Raw. And it was like awful. And they didn't even wrestle back then. It was just kind of like they just showed up and they were just hanging out with Bob Barker and Chris Angel. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and so yeah. they have a segment here where they come out and they're just like, you know, rubbing elbows with Titus and, and, and Hogan. Um, anyway. But this was the payoff for like two nights of Bailey segments. Where she popped, I think she popped up like three times in each show, and then the payoff yeah. was the Bellas came out and like pushed her on the ramp. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of you know, hey, you don't need to get everyone on the show if you don't have a plan. Don't force someone into a rumble or a tag. This being all they could muster for Bailey is bonkers. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have, if anything, had it the other way around. You know, you have the 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 Bellas in the ring or. You know, Bella's uh, at the Hall of Fame, and B- Bailey comes out, and I, I, I'm the I'm the Hall of Famer. I should I should be getting the time to do that because that would fit into you know she's been so prominent on TV this year. It would make sense rather than for her to come out and then the Bella's interrupt. Like that didn't work for me. Um, yeah, shame that they they couldn't get anyone more substantial for for that. And then, like to be fair, like you say, Barry, depending on when you when your heyday in wrestling was, maybe the Bellas are, are that for you. But for me, they yeah. aren't. So. Um, we got to the main event. Uh, yep. Roman Reigns defeating Daniel Bryan and Edge. Uh, I thought this was great. I thought it, not as good as Night One, but also a completely different kind of match. Um, I think Night One, like I said, it was going for more of a kind of a a little bit more cerebral. They were not going out there kicking out of every move under the sun. Night two, I think smartly, because I don't think you should do two thinking man's matches two nights in a row. They were they went out and they just threw bombs, I think, for, for twenty yeah. minutes. Um, and it was great. I think I think Reigns is great in that kind of match, so so um, and the other two more than held up their end of the bargain. So yeah, good, dramatic. I think I think it it was not it was an interesting match in the sense that I think it could have gone either way, and I, I wouldn't have hated it. I like to, I have two reservations about it, though. Um, one is the immediate interference by Jey Uso. Yeah. And, and then Jey, interference later on by Jey Uso. Um, you know, look, ultimately... If you if you don't have a constant ton of interference, as WWE do, to be fair, but not on these shows, they didn't. Um, you can have an interference uh, spot, but like right at the start of the match, I was a little bit doing the old interference already. Uh, also, I liked, as you said, Barry, I liked that it was a bit more um, bombastic, a bit more frenetic than the other matches were. But I thought the counterpoint of that was because the match was um, 20 minutes at a faster pace doing the big moves that it then didn't kind of climax ultimately. It was just kind of at a at a nine the whole time rather than going up to a 10. 
Um, yeah, this was... Uh, let me just have a look at the matches. This might have been... Maybe with the Bad Bun. Bad Bunny was probably my favourite match of the two shows, but I think this was maybe... I'd have this in the Bianca-Sasha match, maybe joint second. Hmm. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it did have a lot of the usual triple threat. You know, one guy lies on the outside while the other two have a wrestle <laughs> kind of stuff. And But I thought once to go into the home stretch, it was, it was super, super good. You know, the, the cross face with the um, broken chair leg uh, and then Brian and Edge headbutting each other. <laughs> Both doing the submission. That was all cool. Uh, yeah, a really good match overall. I think um, interesting decision to, to go with Roman, but then you kind of think if they went with Edge or Daniel Bryan, what where would you really go with that? It's kind of, they've been there and done it. Um, and I think that the feeling overall coming out of the whole WrestleMania for me was that it was a really solid show, but inconsequential. Like, it doesn't feel like they've kind of culminated like at the end of something. It doesn't feel like they're kicking off something new. It was just very much a... Here's a good show. Anyway, back to business as usual. So, um, yeah. Good good main event, though. Yeah. Um, so it was... Uh, and, uh, this was... Uh, WrestleMania, I think, was notable for, as you said earlier, the, um, the lack of Triple H, the lack of Brock, the lack of Goldberg, Undertaker. Um, and I think the, um, the double down on that was, I thought it was pretty damn crazy for modern WWE, at least have like reigns win and win the way that he won like double pinning two guys um essentially clean it wasn't really clean but it was not it was not crawling over and putting a hand on brian after goldberg spears him do you know what i mean it was not bad um having him double spear you know and it's good you know you're talking about one guy who's 50 and he's on a nostalgia run and another guy who's like very on the record public about the fact that he wants to wind down, and and you know he had his moment in the sun seven years ago. Um, so it's, so often WWE's rationale is well, we gotta get the casuals, so Edge should win, um, which is such a fallacy. Um, so to to take a guy like Roman who's in his prime, having the run of his career, and he just wins straight up double pin in the middle of the the ring, I thought was. Uh, very interesting and very notable. Hmm. And that's WrestleMania for another year, lads. Hmm. Um, Speaking of mania, um, I realized the other day we completely forgot to do our anniversary show in February. <laughs> oh, normally, no, did we? Yeah, we normally do chair shot mania every um, Valentine's Day or closest to it. But we, uh, we completely forgot. We just did a normal show that week. Um, so this uh, week's show is going to be Chair Shot Mania 11. It's a bit late. Blame it on the why pandemic. Why did point that out? Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. Well, we like, listen, we've been doing this show so long that how, how could you possibly do, um, you know, how could you do do one of those every time? It's, it's yeah. more over, you know. 507, I think, should have been the anniversary one. Then. The one with baby Godzilla on the... <laughs> Just pretend that's me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. Good catch, Joe. So, uh, on that note, we shall segue into our various other guffs. Uh, a bit of life guff here. Uh, we were supposed to do the show yesterday. I couldn't do it. Um, I was off work and subsequently also off podcasting, which is my real job. I mean, we all know about it. 
I'm a podcaster full time. Of course. Um, uh, yeah, I had a, a bit of a, just a general head cold, which I think is probably still uh, audible in my voice right now. And it was manifesting in a bit of a bastard of an earache. Um, I had a pretty horrible ear infection last year. And so now anytime I get a bad earache, I do not mess with it. And I, I just take it easy and, and load it up with the old drops and, and spend the day in bed. Um, so that's why we're here on, on Wednesday, but, um, or Tuesday, rather. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the for the life go for me. Not a whole lot of scandal or news. Still reading my comic books. Uh, we played Scrabble mm-hmm. over the weekend for the first time. Ooh. I haven't played Scrabble in about 20 years. It was good. Very good competitive game. I think we'll play it again. Um, it's good because Scrabble is a game that you can't like cheat at. You either can do it or you can't. Yeah. Uh, you can look up words on your phone. No, I was, it's not oh, I was strictly forbidding that. That's where it's cheating. That's where it's cheating. Forbidding that. Um, <laughs> what was your allowed. best word? What was your best word, Barry? Oh, I got... Um... Oh, I have the... Actually, I probably have a little notepad on here where I wrote them down. Um, I think I got rogues at one point. Mm. <gasps> You could have had uh, rouges as well. Yeah, I could have had rouges. Yeah, um, I nearly had jobber at one point, and I was th- and I was thinking <laughs> of, of of swapping my my like other letters that didn't match up with that. And then I I actually checked. You know the count on the board says how many letters are in a game. Yeah, and all yeah. the all the e's were in play, so I couldn't ah. I couldn't finish it off. Uh, but yeah, Scrabble was good fun. But uh, yeah, that's that's been about the peak of the life guff this week. I do like a Scrabble. Uh, what is your take while we're on topic Scrabble on those like two-letter words like QI and XI and like... oh, it's a bit annoying, isn't it? A bit annoying. We do have to use the X ultimately, don't you? So it's yeah, yeah. but is it should be. Dictionary? I, don't I don't know. I think I'd ban two-letter words in Scrabble. What about um, an? That's a word. Isn't it? No, ban. No, not allowed. Three letter. Band... Well, that's a good thing with Scrabble, then, is you, you can do, like, r- variation rules. Can customize, yeah. Um, let me tell you about my sick story. Because, Barry, you're not the only one who was sick, right? Okay. Um, and this will also kind of touch on something that uh, I got emailed in the week by Scott, but I'll, I'll come around to that later. Uh, Scott sent an email about um, being, you know, being a picky eater, which I am. My dislike of bur- uh, cheese on my burgers and you know the like, but anyway, you, you realize why I've brought that up. Now. So WrestleMania does come, but once a year or twice, depending on the year. This year was twice. So despite the fact that I've been generally a good boy as far as um, treats and sweets and the like goes, as far as WrestleMania goes, all bets are off. So mm. I, I, I really was pigging out on crisps and cookies and um, Oreos and Terry's Chocolate Orange and Terry's mm. Chocolate Orange in Oreos. And oh, it's what? Wait a minute, what? Yeah, you get Terry's Chocolate Orange, break off a slice, Oreo twist, put the slice in and eat oh it. Oh my god. Um, can after can of Coca-Cola full fucking sugar Jeez. Coca-Cola. Right. So I woke up Monday morning. Luckily I was off work anyway. Woke up Monday morning 
coming out of both ends, lads. It was. <laughs> oh my god! It was. It was one step away from like E. coli. I was. <laughs> I was. I was given both guns. It was coming out my mouth. It was coming out the backside. Right. So, but, you know the way sometimes you 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 wake up and you have that sick, sickiness feeling. You maybe maybe you have those sicky burps, which are just the worst. Yeah. But and you try and hold off, and you go, ah, look, maybe I'll, maybe if I throw up, or whatever, I'll feel better after. So I did that, came back, and I still wasn't feeling great. Um, but nevertheless, went back, threw up a little bit more. But here's the thing, guys: is I had made plans that day because yesterday was not only a day off work, but also uh, the day that the Irish government relaxed the. Uh, the rules on how far you can travel within the country. Mm. I had made plans. Me and my brother were going to walk to Burger King, uh, a 16 kilometer walk. So we had planned to leave at about one o'clock, right? Just to give you a time reference. We're leaving at one o'clock in the afternoon on our 16 K walk to have Burger King. This is like 11 30, 12. I am throwing up and shitting. Oh no. Oh my God. Lads, do you reckon I made it to Burger King and ate a double Whopper? Yes. Yes. You goddamn right I did. <laughs> oh my god, it's like it's like the Terry Funk of overeating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Terry Funk in that I came I came back with me me arsehole uh, bandaged. Oh my god. <laughs> with the with the Burger King brand. My brown eye, Lawler. My brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> So the point is, right, I may be a picky eater, but I got a fucking stomach of steel. Um, and actually, actually, I was fine on the walk. Um, it pretty much, once I, once I threw up all the uh, cookie coke sick I had in me, oh, uh, I, 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 I was fine after that, actually. Uh, so I had a lovely double whopper. It was very nice. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I was sick and I am a bit mad, as it turns out. Um, anything else happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently on location. Listeners, I might sound different to the listeners. I'm uh, not in my house where I live. We're with Natty's uh, family for a week or two, maybe. We haven't seen them in months and months and months. So as soon as those uh, travel restrictions were lifted, we fucking vamooshed out here. So I'm using my work laptop. I'm not even using the same laptop. I usually record and edit the show on. I'm using my work laptop. So I again I don't know if the show is going to sound different anyway maybe it will maybe it won't um but that's pretty much what my week has been eating food nice. and watching wrestling and not much else nice 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 um I've kind of had the opposite of sickness uh because today I went and got my second COVID vaccination he's done he's across the line boys um i'm safe i'm safe a couple of weeks couple of weeks for it to kick in i think but um yeah i'm looking looking forward to that as a weight off the mind uh hoping i don't get the similar symptoms as as last time Um, (laughs) the day after the first jab i had what woke up at like 5 a.m shivering uh, entire body aching. So look forward to that tomorrow. At least it's the week weekday now. So if I am ill tomorrow, ooh, I'll not be doing any work tomorrow. <laughs> Better than being ill on a Saturday. So uh, yeah, yeah, very excited to get out of the way. Unfortunately, obviously, Michelle has still hasn't had her first one yet. So that means we're still a bit 
limited on kind of where we're going to go and, and everything. But yeah, we are planning now the pubs and restaurants are back open. We are going to have a bit of outdoor eating on, on Monday. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to a little bit of sanity among the uh, the madness. But uh, yeah, that's the, that's the week. No, I still haven't had any any jabs yet. I, I know some people in uh, in my family and in Natty's family have mm. gotten some jabs, but I don't know. I'm how far down the list I am. I'm asthmatic. Give me the fucking virus, the vaccine, please. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Should I mention to them that I was sick? What the hell? Yeah, I, I, mean, I go up to them with my like half allergy, half head cold. Uh, help me. <laughs> I will point out that I, I, I'll say to them, Look, I was sick, but I, I was able to eat a Burger King. So yeah, now, I, I, look at look. It's coming out of both ends of me. Look, <laughs> <laughs> give me both jabs at once. One in the mouth and one. Mamma mia! Oh, anyway. Uh, anyway, we watch a bit of telly to soothe our ailing um, lack of vaccine. <laughs> our ailing buttholes. And our ailing buttholes. Uh, <laughs> the word, the word butthole is just funny. <laughs> um. I didn't watch that much telly, although I did watch the return of Reeling in the Years on Radio Telefisharen 1. Right. Um, on, what day was that? Yesterday? Sunday? Sunday. Uh, for those not familiar with this, I don't know if this makes its way. I don't think, I, I, I think this would probably translate quite well over to the, the, the British shores. I was explaining it to a pal of mine in Liverpool who was gobsmacked by the concept. And I was like, um, he's like, what is this thing that all the Irish I follow are tweeting about? I was like, well, it's basically documenting various decades, yeah. one year per episode. And they take, uh, you know, archival footage, newsreel footage, B-roll, interviews, all that jazz, put it, uh, put it in a sequence, put music from that year under it, and that's the show. And he's like, oh, it's like, um, it's like a Newswipe or a Charlie Brooker type. I was like, no, no, no. There's no original material in this program. There is not a single talking head recorded. There's no insight whatsoever. There is no. There is. It is. It. It's. It's very. Um. It's very. Um. True to this concept in that is, it does not. If it. If it is not archival footage or a talking head from the year it's talking about, it. It is not included. Um, the only editorializing is they have a text scroll at the bottom saying it, it was 2010. Uh, we this had, is what happened. This is what happened. It was it was all time cold. The volcano went off. That episode of Raw had to have a half roster. It didn't talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, as as it often is, it was you know because it, because it's recapping essentially the news and events. As you'd imagine, it wasn't a barrel of laughs because a, a, a huge part of this episode was all the scandalizing and protesting and violence and. Uh, uh, government being overturned because of the economic crash of 08. Um, and, you know, NAMA and the IMF coming to Ireland and all that other stuff. So, But it was it, it is really good. I mean, for such a simple co- uh, concept, it is extremely effective. You know what I mean? It's just like, here's the year that was. And I like it. It's a good watch. And it's only a half hour. So, uh, uh, And yes, it's watched by like half a million people, I think they said, watched it, which for a country of five million people is pretty impressive. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's about that's about it. I'm still watching all the other usual stuff I've been watching, but nothing, nothing else worth chatting about. Thank you. Um, I have watched. Uh, I didn't watch Reel in the Years. I'm sorry to say, Barry, I was not one Boo. of those. Uh, 
half a million people. Though Real in the Years seems to always be on TV. So even if yes, I'm not it watching is, it, yeah. it was probably on the TV in the house. Um, I watched, uh, finished season three of Lost. Oh, what a show. What a good show that Lost <laughs> Especially at the end of season three. Um, there were tears by me. There was my heart racing at bits of it. Um, it was me saying in my head, or, or under my breath, the lines along with the characters. Um, it had it all. Um, what what a great show. The perfect time to revisit it a decade after it aired. Um, in this world of, of uh, box sets and uh, streaming entire shows straight through, Lost is like maybe one of the best ones for that. Super, super good. Great fun as well. Um, the experience of watching it with someone for the first time, which is obviously herself. Mm. Um, funny to hear her reactions to the various twists. One in particular in which she had the exact same reaction I did when I watched it the first time, i.e. misunderstanding it. Um, oh, just absolutely adore it. It's great. Uh, so we will start season four. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We watched all this, all the special features on the DVD. That's again one of the benefits of actually owning the box sets versus watching it on mm. Disney Plus, which is what what it's on over here. It's uh, I think on Hulu in the US. Um, love it, love it, love it. I obviously won't say too much about it for people who people out there who maybe somehow like me with Twin Peaks somehow have made it this far without watching it and without being spoiled. Um, if you're you know, in that subset, I would highly recommend you watch it. It's a uh, one of the great mystery shows, um, and one of the great character shows. So, a big thumbs up uh, across both uh, both bows there. Um, I obviously love Love Lost, although you know, I, I I understand and I agree. It it, it doesn't hold its uh, quality across all six seasons. Definitely, season six is a, a weaker one than the previous five, and five is weaker than the previous four. Um, but I'm still in the heyday of it, and it's great. Less great is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ah, uh, yes. Now, to be fair, this is this is going to be a little bit like my um, my review of that one episode of Derek I did once. Ricky Drew's Derek. <laughs> and I actually, I'm already, I'm already excited. And I actually haven't watched the entire uh, episode yet. Uh, I'm I've watched about half an hour of episode four because I watched it on the train as we were coming up today. Um. Happily, I will say that it is a step up from episodes two and three. Um, that being said, the show overall still isn't uh, something I would necessarily recommend to people uh, outside of like super, super fans of, of the MCU. Um, I saw a tweet here um, that I thought really summed it up very well. Uh, Justin Davis from IGN. Uh, he said, I, d- I don't like uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier very much. It has a few standout moments, but overall is a bit of a mess. It feels both simultaneously thin and overcomplicated at the same time. I think mm. that's pretty much where I kind of land on it. Uh, he says, it feels like every episode has <laughs> scenes missing. I think that's. I think it simultaneously also feels like it has scenes missing. Like I talked about last week when they're breaking the guy out of prison, how mm. it's just done in like three minutes. It doesn't have time dedicated to it. But also the episodes feel like they go on forever. So it's kind of in that gray area between 
where it ought to be and where it is. Um, so yeah, episode four is it feels a, so far again half an hour into it, I still have about fifteen minutes to go. Feels a bit more focused, and less of a mess than episodes two and three were. Um, I still feel like it's spending too much time setting up what I guess we're supposed to believe are the villains, but I it's done in such a clumsy way that it feels inevitable that they're ultimately not going to be the villains. It's going to be like a... Uh, they're villains with like real motivations, and therefore they're not really the villains, and they'll be redeemed. But it's done... like It feels like it's being done in a super obvious way. Um, so yeah, I said... Even though episode four is, is has been watchable compared to two and three, which I thought were just dreadful, um, I don't think it's necessarily that the show is like suddenly going to be good again for the last three episodes. Episode one was quite good, two and three very bad, and then four is watchable. But again, don't go out of your way to watch it. Mm. Definitely, definitely, definitely a huge step down from One Division, and One Division wasn't even that good in the first place. <laughs> yeah. That's my review. That's the that's the telly for the week. No no notable telly for you, Joe. No, I'm still just watching Dawson's Creek and Ninety Day Fiance. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Just review that. Uh, well, we'll jump into the movie Goth here, um, as well as picking up Paul's mantle of the old Oscar films, which I'll get to in, in a bit. I am also doing some of my research for our bracket, um, which oh is ongoing. My God. Uh, so I can say, at long last, about like two months after I promised I'd watch it, I did watch The Godfather for the first time. We now uh, live in a world, or you now live in a world, where you have watched The Godfather. Have you, uh, Folks, have we seen this? Have we heard of this Lindy movie? Um, getting a little bit of buzz. A little bit of buzz on the old festival scene. Um, I was a bit disappointed by the end. Mephisto didn't show up. Maybe that's part two. You know, uh, <laughs> there was no post credit scene, was there? No? There was no post credit scene where Nick Fury's like, "God damn, you really are the Godfather." Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's tremendous. I mean, as a as, as a lover of a good mob movie, um, uh, I mean, I I can't really I can't really praise it enough. Uh, I mean, it, the the scene where 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 James Caan fucks that guy up. With the, with at the side of the street, it was so good. It's the greatest beatdown in the history of cinema. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's tremendous. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't even pretend to go on here like I'm the first person to talk about The Godfather. Uh, so, yeah, I watched that, and I am now prepared fully for the next time it comes up in our bracket, which won't be, which will be what, next week? Because we'll, we'll, we'll finish the first round. This Wait, how many... How, how Did we do half of the first round? We did half of round one last time. Okay, week. so by the next time that comes around, I will do it. I, uh, yeah. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm allergic to Godfather, it turns out. Anyway. Uh, also watched a movie I have, I was not watching for the first time. I rewatched Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite excellent. Um, I think I love that movie more each time I watch it because obviously, I mean, I I love the Spider-Man character. I saw this movie when I was eleven or ten, I think. Yeah, uh, which is the perfect which is the perfect time to see a movie like this. And I, but I think I also love it more and more as time goes by because it it is also just kind of. A, now a sort of relic from a certain era of what a comic book movie was. Um, uh, and there is 
uh, it's kind of like something we talked about with 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 the Justice League and how it's you know it is to its credit at the very least it's obviously a Zack Snyder film. There is a level of authorship in Spider Man that is kind of lacking in in other modern comic book movies. Like if you didn't know, <laughs> here's a really stupid hypothetical: if you watched the films of Sam Raimi. And then you had no idea who or what this Spider-Man movie was, and watched it. You go, "Oh, this, this is this is a Sam Raimi movie, right? There has to be. It's it's got his fingerprints all over it in a way that even even the most acclaimed kind of like MCU films don't have. Um, and I just love it. I just love it. I think it's so. It's a great movie, but it's also so cheesy and and and, and true to the roots of, of of the film. I just love it. Um. I watched two more films off the uh, the old Oscar list. Uh, one of them, uh, you know, sweeping up across the board uh, for multiple nominations, Nomad Land, which is, if I pull it up here, the uh, the old info on it. That yeah, Francis. I can, I can never remember any. Uh, Francis McDormand's uh, plays a sort of. I think she's supposed to be in her sixties. A woman who lives in like small town America in like 2011. And the economic crash means the plant she works at closes, and she sort of adapts a, a nomadic lifestyle um, to cope. And it's basically kind of a little bit of a slice of life film about how how she goes about her her daily life, and she goes to like a nomad camp where they exchange ideas on how they survive out in the road, and here's some tips, and oh, they they party around a bonfire, and like, it's that kind of vibe. Um, right. I, I didn't really love it. I thought it was a, a solid film that I probably would never watch again. Um, uh, in, 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 that, in that kind of slice of lifey kind of way, it's, it is very beautifully shot, but I just feel like it was a, a little bit meandering, um, a little bit toothless. Um, I'm not saying the point of the movie needed to be that, that the main character should have like, ripped out Jeff Bezos' spleen and eaten it in front of him. But hmm. she is a woman who lives in her van and she does seasonal work occasionally on an Amazon production line. But that's not like a thing in the movie. It's just kind of this thing that they just kind of show. And and then it's just kind of, it's not really, it's, 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 it's kind of like, and it makes a point to kind of set it up in like early, you know, 2011. So there's a lot of economic turmoil and all this other stuff. But it's, it's kind of just like showing you that, but it's not really saying anything about it. But it's just like here's here's what we're saying, you know. Um, and so it's 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 a um, I don't know. It feels it feels a little bit meandering and a little bit toothless, but it's not it's not bad. Um, McDormand is great, and the rest of the cast is very good. It does look very nice. I I think most people will watch it and say, yeah, this is this is a movie that makes sense as an Oscar movie. Um, so yeah, I uh, watched that. Um, I also watched The Five Bloods, which is a uh, Spike Lee-directed uh, Vietnam film, a Netflix original, I believe. Uh, and it is really great. I really enjoyed it. One of, you know, again, one of Chadwick Boseman's kind of last uh, last films. I don't think it was the last, but one of the last before he passed away. Not, not the last, but one of the last. And uh, so it's about these uh, these four guys who were Vietnam vets together. There was a fifth. He died in Vietnam. Before he died, the group of them found this gold, and so the four lads are kind of going back in their in their senior years to 
to dig up the gold, but also bring back his body, which they left in in um, uh, back in the day. And you know, it's spiky movie, politically charged. You know, it's it's um, very intense, um, very unapologetic. In fact, I watched this and Nomadland the same day, so it was very polar opposites of of uh, of how to to go about making a film to the degree. I think I mean, I think you could also say then that maybe like. Um, like Spike Lee is, he goes so in on this stuff. Do you know what I mean? To the point that people go, okay, you know, I get it. Um, uh, like Black Klansman, which I, I did really enjoy. This movie right. also has a lot of newsreel image of real violence, which I think is a decision. I wasn't bothered by it. I could imagine people would be bothered by it. Um, right. Uh, especially this one. This is a Vietnam movie. There's a, there, there's, there's a lot of horrific imagery in, in, in this, um, which is quite intense. Um, this is also like the third movie I've watched in like three weeks that's, that's had a reference or a scene about the, <laughs> the trial of the Chicago 7 um, uh, in it, because that is also referenced in this. Uh, but anyway, so it's, a, you know, it's a, about, about these guys going to get this gold, and it's kind of a, a back-and-forth film uh, about them today and then also detailing what, what their time in them was like um, and it's great it's really really great um, tremendous performances up and down the cast uh, really sharp writing again it's it, it may be a little overbearing but it that also makes it super memorable um, yeah. and uh, you know it's, it's another it's another great Spike Lee movie um, I, I like his stuff a lot um, uh, the, the, the kind of central again it's a kind of an ensemble piece but uh, uh, Delroy Lindo is very much the, the scene stealer he is insanely great in this. Um, uh, really steals the show. It's two and a half hours long, which is a bit of a beast. But um, uh, I, I think, and I, I think you could trim some of that. But I think it is pretty good. One criticism, and it, it started out minor, and then I think by the end of the film, it was actually fairly significant. There's a lot of really not very good CGI in it, which okay. is harder to ignore when they are also using like horrible real world footage of like death and misery and corpses and and then they're having fights and it's like most people like like most people hate cgi blood i think everyone kind of agrees on that it, 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 you know it's it, it's not as good as the good old blood packs or squibs but i think it also really bothers me is that when you're having a, a shootout in a jungle or something like that and it, it's the cgi dust and and <laughs> particle effects that just they they are so noticeable as fake um it's it's really distracting uh, and it might seem like a gripe because it's also you know it's also not an action movie it's a war movie but again the the, the action is supposed to be visceral and intense and, and scary at times and it's just super distracting that they've got this like really not great uh, effect suite on it and it tainted it a bit but um but yeah, uh, still a, a, a tremendous film. One of my top, I would say, it's in probably my top five of, of last year. Um, and uh, big recommendation. It is a Netflix film as well, so if you have Netflix, you can watch it if you have two and a half hours. Um, yeah, and those were my uh, those are my movies for the week. Good. I mean, you say about Spider Man that you um, you enjoy it more on each rewatch. I think that will be true for you of The Godfather as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Godfather. Godfather is one of those films. Godfather is good. We know this, but Godfather is specifically one of those films that, when you revisit it, you kind of appreciate it more and more. Mm. Um, God, I love, I fucking love it, love it. 
Um, yeah, I love I love uh, James Caan in Godfather. I love Brando in Godfather. Oh, Brando in the Godfather, so fucking good. Yeah. Um, Joe, you have any films? No, no films for me. No TV, no films. Just Dawson's Creek. Seven <laughs> uh, <Saturday laughs> week. <laughs> we're half we're halfway through it now, so I'm, uh, yeah. I I've only watched one film. I I finally visited uh, Velvet Buzzsaw on Netflix. Have I, either of you seen this one? No. Is that Dylan Hall? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah. It's a um, I suppose it's a horror movie. It's also kind of a very dark comedy, and I think it works better as a dark comedy than a horror. Um, Gyllenhaal is very good in it, as you would expect. He plays kind of a an over the top kind of camp art critic. Mm. Um, and actually, that's something that I. I do really like about the film is that a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the performances feel very kind of artificial in an art critic way obviously a lot of art criticism is uh very nebulous and overwrought with you know like when it comes to films when it comes to tv when it comes to video games there's objective good and bad looking at paint like a blob of paint in, in like a, a, a surreal or an abstract art way, what what art critics are, are kind of shown to uh, to act like and <laughs> and what they the things they say um, are often shown to be as as you know as wacky as as if you check out this film, a lot of the performances are in it. They seem to be kind of inspired by the the um, what am I trying to say? The the performances seem to be inspired by the uh, the vapidness of art criticism, and actually, right. I, I quite like that about it. Like, there's there's a scene where um, something very devastating happens to one of the characters, and um, I forget what the exact quote is. I'll see if I can find it quickly. But it's it's some over the top, uh, like you're what I think of you is equal to dirt now, or something like. Jill Hall says this to uh, to one of the other characters when something horrible just happened to him. It's completely irrational and unreal reaction to something happening. He, he he almost is reacting to real life as he would to an abstract painting. Um, and it's funny, and it, it, it works quite well in that way. What works less well, or worse, if you prefer, is that the film is also kind of a, a, a slasher film in mm-hmm. that, you know, in, in kind of the same way of like The Happening, Shyamalan's The Happening, in that like the art is killing the people. And that doesn't work as well. The CGI is is pretty poor in it. Um, but if you like, if you go to watch it as a dark comedy, I found it very funny. As a horror, I think it's much less successful. Um, I know it's a film that's divided people. Um, some people really liked it. Some people, not yeah, so I, I remember. I think yeah, got decent reviews, and then a lot of people like, no, hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of them. I I, I would. I would kind of fall so somewhere in the middle. I, I definitely liked it. Uh, it's it's a film that its its flaws are quite obvious though. Um, but like I say, if you watch it as a dark comedy, and I, I don't think it's I, I'm saying like you know it's not one of those turn your brain off at the door things or like watch it in a way, watch it with a mindset that the film doesn't want you to do. I think it it is to be watched as a dark comedy, and I think at that level it does work. So I have to overall kind of recommend it. 
but um, there are elements of it that don't work, which is a shame because the, the stuff that does work works very well. That's all. That's our movie off for the week. Um, yeah. When are the Oscars? Are they at the end of this one? 28 or something? Don't give a shit this year, baby. <laughs> oh, take that, Academy. I have no idea when the Oscars are. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I will say I still have a couple of notable ones to watch, but it's, I mean, it's fairly tepid, you know. Um, yeah. What have I still got? Of the of the best picture ones, I have, like, no desire to watch Mike. I just... I hate movies about movies getting made. I have no interest in in that. Um, but again, it's a Netflix one, so it's right there. I can just stick it on. Um, I well, they're making a, a series, making a series about the making of the Godfather. So you, you're going to be able to watch. Oh, I'm all I'm all clued up now for that. Um, yeah. Oh, this so is gotta, the bit where he goes, "Make him an offer he can't refuse." Um, Brand, Brando doesn't want to fall down for his death scene. He was. Um, <laughs> We're out yeah. of cotton for him to put in his mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got to watch that. I got to watch Mank, uh, Sound of Metal. Um, there's one other big one I feel like. I've, the Father. Um, I, I don't think are... I know anybody who's enjoyed Mank. Yeah. Joe watched Mank. Yeah, Joe, you watched yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I didn't hate it, but it was meh. Um, Just watch Susan Kane instead of Mank. Uh, yeah, uh, I say, I, I've never watched that, so maybe I'll watch that instead. <laughs> Just watch Citizen Kane. Um, yeah, so those those are the big ones I've got to watch. There is a letterbox list, but it includes every film that has a nomination in any category. Um, nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, I just want to watch the big ones. Um, yeah. Anyway, game golf for this week. Um, in, in what is basically just the standard statement you have to say about every new video game that comes out. I played more Outriders with my pals. It is a live multiplayer thing, so it's just supposed to be played with people. We had a lot of fun, but in the three hours, I think, last Friday that we spent playing it, I think a solid like 30-ish percent of that was like downtime, servers crashed, uh, we died, and when we respawned, one or more of us was like glitched through the world. Um, so that's a bummer. I wish games wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wish games would be would work when they came out. Um, but yeah, I've never really been into your destinies or your divisions or any of those kind of multiplayer things. Right. Um, typically because like I'll get it or, or you know the lads won't or one of them will get it and I won't or two of us will get it and it's like are you free this night? Oh, I'm not free that night. Oh, are you? I, what about Saturday? Yeah, no, I'm going out with herself. Whereas I think this game coming out, you know, during a lockdown, I think we all play games on Friday anyway, and we all have Game Pass, so it's just like look, let's just let's make this our thing that we play. Um, it is good, but it's busted. And I saw they put out a patch that so that some people are losing save progress, which is always which is always a, a risk. It's just, you know, modern video games. What can you do? Um, if anyone doesn't know what this game is, because it did, it seems very tepidly received, it is basically like multiplayer Gears of War. Like, you know, if, if Gears of War was a bit more Destiny, is the is the, the It's like, what, a cover shooter? Cover shooter with, yeah, loose elements and, and uh, replayable kind of live events. Yeah. It's it's not my type of thing at all, but it's it's the classic, when it's I have the subscription service, it's on. So that's the game. Games really now are getting to that Netflix state of just well, it's well, it's there. So yeah. I'll just I'll I'll give it a few hours. Uh, booted back up the VR this week. 
Um, which I, I mentioned last week about you know wanting to get back into it because of the old uh, the old stiff joints. Uh, two recommendations. Uh, Until you fall um, is a roguelike in the vein. Did of, they not uh, do the song for NXT Takeover? <laughs> <laughs> and every indie wrestler in GCW. Um, uh, yeah, so it's basically a a roguelike in the vein of your uh, Dead Cells or Hades. A, you know. Uh, uh, Sort of procedurally generated levels. You die, you can upgrade your character and then go again. That kind of vibe, but in VR, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Um, there are some videos of me going fucking mental playing this thing because it is a it is a full on melee game, and it's instead of having an actual stamina meter in the game, it seems like your IRL stamina meter is what actually is supposed to be tested. Because I <laughs> I, I I took some damage while playing this game uh, in the game. Because I, I literally was so tired, I was not able to get my hand up to the defensive position to stop the, the enemy from striking me. So that's that's the vibe. So it's it's ticking the box of getting me up and moving. Um, that's an interesting uh, uh, idea. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 really great. Um, uh, so it's it's I mean it's very straightforward. You uh, you you know you've got a weapon in each hand. You swing them to attack the enemies. The game can detect you know what a big swing is in the sense of you, you have extended your hand back over your shoulder and are doing a big over-the-top swing. Uh, it can detect that. Um, and again, if if you have the physical conditioning to do so, uh, if an enemy is guarding, you can just swing both your hands and swing and swing and swing and break their guard and take their health off if you are physically capable of doing it. Um, I felt like I, I beat the first boss um, a couple of days ago, which took a couple of tries. It's tough. It's very tough. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I was, and, and I felt like I tore both my rotator cuffs. Um, uh, it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's great. Um, uh, it's about, I think it's 25 quid or something like that. It's a, bit, a huge recommendation. Looks really nice, good soundtrack. Um, uh, and like, like a usual rogue, like it has a, that addictive kind of like, okay, I'll give it one more go. I'll, I'll upgrade this weapon and then I'll try once more. So it's got that going on. Uh, and also, um, you used to have to do some kind of jiggery pokery uh, jailbreaking to get uh, betas and previews and things like that on the on the headset. Uh, it used to be very iPhone like, where you had to get it had to be you know approved, right. finished, regulated. Stuff. They've they've because there was a big fan modding stuff. There's now uh, Oculus has now rolled out an official kind of beta program, which is good because um, uh, I don't I don't like tampering with the fucking settings boot and did stuff right. that you're not supposed to so they've uh, they put a, a a beta store up there called app lab which i really enjoy and there's a free beta of pavlov on there which is kind of like a very successful pc vr game that's trying to port onto the standalone uh, quest it's really good i there's not too much to say about it it's very much a kind of a, a fairly dry kind of realistic kind of military shooter uh but it's the, the gimmick being it's just a very well reviewed one i guess um, and it's free at the moment right. if you're playing on on the beta. So I gave that a go. It's good. Um, yeah, that's that's that's. I'm 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 glad I booted that back up, and uh, uh, and there's still content rolling out fairly uh, fairly frequently of, of good quality on the Oculus. So that's uh, thumbs up. Um, but yeah, that's that's the games for me this week. Right. I have completed Bowser's Fury. Oh. With a hundred mm. of the percent. Mm. All the shines. What was your what was your um, rough estimated uh, hour count on on the one hundred percent? Uh, five or six, I'd say. Okay, five or six hours. It's 
pretty doable. Uh, well, I think my overall Mario 3D World playtime was about 25. Okay. I'd say I, I, pr- I probably put closer to 20 into the main game and probably 5 into Bowser's Fury. That sounds about right. Um, so ultimately, where do I fall in Bowser's Fury? Um, it's fine. It's, I mean, I think as an overall package, I think it's a, it's, it's a good upper mid tier Mario game. It's definitely not exceptional to the level of, you know, your Mario World sixty four, Galaxy Galaxy Two Odyssey. It's, it's not quite there. I, 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 I would, I would definitely put it. Similar or just above Sunshine. In fact, I'd put it quite a bit above Sunshine. Now, now that I say that, I'm actually reminded about how frustrating Sunshine was. Um, but I think it's it's probably closer to Sunshine than it's closer to Odyssey, for example. Um, Bowser's Fury is definitely a nice add-on to kind of sweeten the the price of the game. Um, you definitely feel like you're getting a bit more of your money's worth just the fact that there's an extra kind of campaign to it. Uh, and Bowser Fury, like I said, I, I ultimately I still think the world doesn't have enough variety to it. Um, it 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 just feels like they've taken a lot of assets from 3D World and kind of recycled them. Mm. Um, but I think it's still a, a good seven point five out of ten game. You know, it's it, it's a it's a very very solid Mario experience with some revolutionary ideas like Velvet Buzzsaw. Some of them work, some of them, some of them don't. The the power up um, hoarding, some of them feel redundant because you never use them. And some of them you kind of rely on a lot of the time. The the actual Bowser fights feel a bit repetitive because you ultimately end up fighting them about ten times in the same way. In exactly the same way. Um, it only gets substantially harder for um, the final fight. You, you fight him after you get the 50th shine, and that has an extra stage to it. And then when you fight him after the 100th shine, it, it's that fight again, but like hard mode with a lot more uh, projectiles, etc. etc. But the game overall isn't too hard. Um, I would say for someone who enjoys the Mario games generally, it's definitely worth a go. It, it's more Mario and it's kind of classic Mario. But it doesn't feel like Nintendo were stretching themselves to really, you know, put out the new Mario game. It definitely feels like kind of a a, a mid-step or a stepping stone. Um, but it, it's fine. It was good. Uh, and then having finished that and having had no enthusiasm whatsoever to watch the fucking hour-long pre-show for WrestleMania <laughs> Sunday. I started playing uh, a game that I had bought probably about a year ago. After I, I don't know, Barry, did you play The Return of the Oberdin? Have you played it? I think I might have heard you. No, it looks tremendous. I have it installed on my Switch. Yeah, I, I have played not- it on Switch as well. I have not booted it up once, despite its its very intense acclaim it got when it came out. I, for some reason, I've just never gotten around to it. Right. Well, I think I might have seen it on a list of like best walking sims or something, because obviously I love something a walking like that, simulator. Yeah. Um, I haven't finished it. I'm probably about halfway through it in, in terms of what I've heard of like 
maybe not even halfway. I think I've I've heard it like six to eight hours playtime. I'm about three hours in, so I'm not quite there. But uh, I will um, I will confirm what you've heard, Barry. It is tremendous. <laughs> um, to put into context for people who've never heard of it, right? It is a, a mystery game in which you play. I suppose a detective who is investigating this this ship, the Oberdin, and it's an old-fashioned kind of three-mast sailing ship, right? That has gone missing and has mysteriously reappeared with none of the crew present. So you, in first person, walk around the ship. Uh, the visual style is really interesting because it's like a classic. Um, Commodore or like classic original Windows PC look, right? With like uh, kind of has like a yellowish grayish, almost like a Game Boy. Uh, yeah, look to yeah. it. But it's it's with it's as if a Game Boy was capable of 1080p resolution because you're <laughs> yeah. you're you're basically living in this 3D first person world mm. shown to you through again 1080p Game Boy graphics is really really a, a cool look to it and you're going around the ship and what you do is you have this i guess magical for what for what's a better term stopwatch and you come across one one corpse that's on the ship and your stopwatch takes you back to the moment that that person died uh and a bit of the a bit of conversation from just a seconds before they were killed and you use that to work out who the people were at the time it happened and what happened to the people and the aim of the game is to work out all 60 people who comprised uh, the ship's crew. What happened to each of them, what their fate was, who they were, what they're... You have to identify them by name and what their fate was. So you kind of, piece by piece, you find in this one memory of this corpse you found. Okay, this person died. You can see that they were shot by this person, but there was also these two people there. Uh, oh, and someone said the name... Um, Peter. So one of them is called Peter, and you slowly, by cross-referencing that with other memories, can piece together the story and who everybody is. It's not told chronologically. So you then, later in the game, can revisit that memory with extra context that you picked up through other memories that you've kind of come across. Uh, Super, super good. It has like elements of like uh, sexy, brutal, elements of um, like where's Wally? I guess um, mm. really, really good. Um, it's nice that it's not a super high-paced game. You can take as much time as you want to, and uh, to look around the ship, but also do it in whatever order you want to do it, more or less. Um, so you feel like total agency in the world. The the story is real compelling. Uh, you basically start with a book of empty pages of like ten chapters. And through finding the corpses, it fills in the book slowly. And so the more you investigate, the more of the overall story you're you're filling in, as well as finding out who the individual people are. Really, really good. Um, I'm sure it's not very expensive. I don't know if I don't remember if it's one of those ones I picked up on a sale or not. But um, yeah, as you, it's, said, you, you it's, said, it's often on sale. Like I feel like I've seen it. Yeah, it was it was really critically acclaimed when it came out, and uh, rightfully so. It's from the very, very impressive. The brain of the man who did Papers, Please. Did you play that? I haven't. I need to check that 
I think you'd like it. I think it's it's uh, very interesting and very weird. Um, so if people are interested in a, I guess a, a more relaxing kind of game, but one that has a really strong narrative element, but also has gameplay element, you're you're you are not literally walking around. Uh, the Return of the Obra Din. Maybe check it out on YouTube and see if the trailer grabs you. Alrighty, um, we're running pretty late here. Um, so will we maybe hold our emails till next week or, or later this week, I guess, and do our, our bracket as the main event? Yeah, we can do. No one send any more emails. If you want to send if, if you want to send mails, we'll have a bumper mail week next week, but we're uh, we're pushing on here in, in the in the eve. Um so uh Paul, I'm gonna pass it over to you as our, our master of ceremonies for okay. uh, the bracket. Uh bracket, bracket, bracket. Whatever it's called. What's the name? What did I change it to? Uh, Boppet, pull it, twist it, bracket. Ah, bracket, bracket, bracket. Suck it. Well, <laughs> oh, <hang> on, no. <laughs> okay. Um, well, what I need to do is find my file where I've kept all the movies because I'm on a different laptop. Right? Sorry, I know, I know what the first one is. It's WrestleMania Night One versus WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I have it here. I have it here. Um, oh, we were just yeah, we were discussing that before we came on the air. I would uh, vote WrestleMania Night One as the better of the two. Joe, you don't agree Ooh. with me? No, I went Night Two. Barry, you have the deciding vote. I, I have to go Night One. Main event is, mm-hmm. is untouchable. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we are doing our movie bracket. We're working out what is the best, not best, sorry, favorite movie of the CSP world. We already got some feedback about Jingle All The Way not being in there. Uh, maybe rightfully so. But um, I don't know. I think Jingle All The Way is, is more a guilty pleasure. Um, and, and I don't know if my heart could take Jingle All The Way being eliminated in the movie bracket. And so I think it's probably better that it just doesn't take part. It's like Manchester United not being in the FA Cup that one year. We know we know they're the best team. They're going to sit this one out. So we have another thirty-two films that we're going to um, go through and see who qualifies for the second round. So we're going to start. Uh, where are we going to start? Because I, I like last week. I'm going to try and leave the biggest biggest ones for the end. Uh, we will start with uh, yeah, maybe two two films that are maybe a little bit underrated if anything they're, they're obviously both very very good but uh we have snatch by guy ritchie mm. and uh i don't know who directed it. i don't remember his name but i know that he directed velvet buzzsaw <laughs> which i just watched uh night crawler also starring jake mm. uh, i don't remember the director's name sadly um that's tough. I like Snatch. It's funny. I these are both really good. I don't think I've watched either of these more than once. Um, uh, Dan Gilroy is the name of the director, by the way. My gut tells me Nightcrawler, though. I, remember, I Nightcrawler was one of those ones I remember leaving the cinema aghast after seeing Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah. John, I was Lohr. I was aghast by the fact um, that he didn't get an Oscar nom for it. Well, yeah, I mean, that was that was crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll have to go my call here. 
I'll, I'll go for Snatch because that's um, it's a movie I've seen many, 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 many times uh, over the years, and still holds up pretty well. That and Lockstock. I think Snatch even more so. Um, but yeah, still very entertaining movie. And uh, got Guy Ritchie in his his pomp before he uh, started doing mental films. <laughs> I do like Nightcrawler, but yeah, Snatch would be definitely my, my favorite. All right. I think it's close. Um, Nightcrawler with the excellent excellent written film and also a great central performance. I think, is Renee Russo also in that one? I think she's she's also in Velvet Busso. Hmm. I don't know. I'm putting all the links together here. Um, I think it's, it's a very long time since I watched Snatch, I must say. But I think I probably just about preferred it to Nightcrawler. Um, it's a very effortlessly charismatic film, which is I, I like when films just have a fucking swagger to them. We know this film's fucking great. If you don't like it, fuck you. Uh, so as yeah, as much as it hurts my heart to say, I'll say Snatch on this one. Oh. Um, though I definitely think Nightcrawler is a, a, an underappreciated gem. Um, I think Snatch is probably Guy Ritchie's best film. That's um, fair. So I'll go Snatch. Uh, but it's it's a close one, as I said. Um, we then have... Uh, we'll go for uh, Uncut Gems. Which came out last year. Really well liked the movie. Uncut Gems versus the original blockbuster all the way back in 1975. Jaws. Oh, <laughs> I'll go first this time so you won't fucking throw me under the bus again if you're deciding yeah. vote. I'll say that Uncut Gems is overrated uh, and that Jaws is excellent. So I'm going to go Jaws 100% on this one. Jaws just has that great uh, tense feel to it, even though you know so many of the beats going in. You know uh, the, the shark is a fake mechanical shark and it looks a bit goofy when it shows up. Somehow that film still in like 2021 totally works so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go jaws uncut gems uh, oh it's so it's so fucking oh i couldn't take it it was so intense it wasn't really it was fun. <laughs> okay. adam sandler was very good in it. adam sandler was very good in it. it's not it's not as good as good time good time is the better safety film what the one with um pattinson pattinson yeah hmm I uh, agree with Paul on Charles. literally everything he's, Charles. he's he said there. Charles, come on. We're all come going Jaws. Come on. Charles, come on. I, I, I don't want to shit talk it too much. I, I I didn't think Uncut Gems was this. I didn't think it was this amazing thing. I didn't think it was an Oscar snob. It was far from an Oscar snob. Sadler was very good in it, but come on. And yeah, it's just, this fucking. I was, I was ripping my hair out watching it. I was like. I'm, part of my criticism was that the pacing is a bit wonky. How could you be pulling your hair out? He's, he's one scene where he's a bad guy, but there's another scene where he's just sitting around in his office bitching about his wife. Uncle James like, <laughs> <laughs> is good, don't get me wrong, but it's not, yeah. it's not that good. Um, right, we'll go for the big sci-fi epics next, I think. Uh, Arrival by Denis Villeneuve, who we all love <laughs> on this uh, <laughs> podcast. Or the highest-grossing film, literally of all time, Avengers: Endgame. Although, is the, I think Avatar 
took it over again. Took it back, yeah. They Cheeky it. bastards re-releasing that film. Bring out the second one, you lazy. Is this, is this part one or part two of Endgame? No, uh, it's part Infinity two. Infinity War. Infinity War was first, yeah. Okay. It's part two, the weaker part. No, the better part. Um, Infinity War is better. Who knew in Gimbest be bit? Having said that, um, to quote um, my good my good friend and colleague Martin Scorsese, um, that is not cinema. Endgame is not cinema. It's visual entertainment. Um, Ar- Arrival was cinema, and it was. That's fantastic. what Vince McMahon would say if he was in the film business. <laughs> that's, that's cinematic. It's visual entertainment. A visual entertainment structure. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I, Arrival is a brilliant movie. Just the, the t- just the look of it and the feel of it is so distinct. And I think I, I reviewed it not so long ago, and I think they it, it was described as being like a kind of wet Wednesday afternoon when you're sat in school and everything feels shit. And that is very much like the vibe right. of, the, of the film, like the weather, like the lighting, like the lighting, and everything. Like, and it's yeah. so different from most films, and just really interesting. I, I yeah, I loved um, Arrival. Apart from the bit with the mobile phone and all that at the end, but yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> arrival by yeah by a long way for me. Yeah, yeah, like I like I just said, I don't think Endgame is even the strongest of the the two part mm. Endgame Infinity War pair. Um, arrival, Villeneuve, come on, it's great. Even Jeremy Renner is in it, and he's good <laughs> in it when he's mm. usually a boring square headed man. So. It can even make a good actor of Jeremy Renner for one uh, two-hour period. Um, whereas Endgame, new Jeremy Renner, boring Arrow Man in it. <laughs> Rival too. Fair enough. I haven't seen Arrival, so I don't feel bad that it, it's winning here. Um, uh, I, 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 I would have felt bad if, if visual entertainment popcorn for your eyes uh, knocked out a, a Villeneuve film based, <laughs> on the, based purely on the fact that I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Okay, well, while we're on the topic, Avengers Infinity War, the better of the two, going up one-on-one with American Psycho. Oh! (laughs) That's... Well, on one hand, load of uh, superhero shite. On the other (laughs) hand, um... Amazing, probably the best ever performance by Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman in a hilarious um, kind of dark comedy yeah. uh, thriller murder romp. Uh, I, I love American Psycho, one of my favorites. I so. should have, I should have likened American Psycho to Velvet Buzzsaw. It has a very similar tone to it. Uh, yeah, American Psycho, easy for me. Easy piece. Just when you said it there, it reminded me. Yeah, it has that same. The scene with the, the business cards. Oh, yeah. And is it about time we got some effing female representation on this goddamn list with a female-directed film? Fellas, I think we need to go American Psycho on this. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah, I, I'll agree. <laughs> I'll agree. Even, I only watched American Psycho for, for, for the first time. Was it last year or the year before? It's great. It's great, great, great. Right. Uh, we're on to the big ones already. You'll be surprised to hear. Uh, where will we begin? How about uh, Pixar fucking Mega Slam? Oh no! Where we go? We have Wall E oh. against Toy 
story. <laughs> I'll go first. How about that? Right. Go on. I'll go first. I, I have I have strong feelings. I think Wally is incredible for the first two thirds of the movie, and then it falls off very badly. Um, whereas I think Toy Story, up until recently, I had a top of my Pixar list. I, I do think on revisiting, I think Toy Story 3 just about because of, uh, uh, you know, it's standing on the shoulders of giants, but I think Toy Story 3, just the emotional heft it has kind of wins over for me. But um, God damn, that first, the first act of WALL-E is like maybe the best thing Pixar have ever done. But when when you get to like the the, the 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 big fat humans and all that shit is like, did you say did you say Toy Story or Toy Story three? The first one. The first one. The first one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'll go Toy Story. Oh. I don't. I, I. I'm not as vehement as you on it. Uh, but I. I it's it's kind of hard to argue the. The Wally thing. Um, I still, re- I, lo- I like the final act a lot. I still, I think you kind of have to have that for the point of the film, um, right? But it's, it is not as good. And uh, Toy Story is like a perfect movie. It is like a literally, <laughs> with the one asterisk being that, of course, technology has moved far beyond what that CGI was back then. Of course, the dog, and, the CGI although, dog, yeah. If, if you don't, if you limit the scenes with the dog and the humans, it's not that bad. No, it looks fine. Uh, obviously, the lighting of the toys was a lot better these days. But, you know, that aside, I mean, yeah, Toy Story is, like, faultless in terms of its humor, its heart, its its character design, its voice acting, its pacing. It's, it, it is, and there's no, there's no bad act or scene in, in Toy Story. It pains me because I think I love Wally. It might be like my personal favorite, but like I, when you pit them against each other like this, I can't. I can't knock Toy Story down in favor of Wally. I just can't. Do you agree, Joe? Uh, Toy Story. I like Wally, but um, watching it any other day, it's it's good, but not great for me. Toy Story, it is. Uh, right, we're gonna go to big fucking action movies next. Well, action and sci-fi kind of action, I suppose. Mm. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode oh. Five, the best Star Wars movie. Let's not forget. Uh, versus maybe the best <laughs> action movie of the last ten years, Mission Impossible: Fall Out. What are we thinking? Hmm. For me, for me, it's almost like childhood thrill versus like <laughs> adult uh, thrill in, in, in movie terms. Like Empire Strikes Back, um, for me, the best Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always say Star Wars is at its best when it's like embracing its 80s fantasiness, when it's like a really good willow or like a really good legend or labyrinth when it embraces that feel that's what star wars has best um 
great pacing, great characters, great world building. Love it all. But Mission Impossible Fallout has Tom Cruise fighting a man with a helicopter. And Tom Cruise running around real fast, so you know that he's not that old. Because if he's that old, how can he run so much? Um, um, uh, Fallout also um, played a hand in that first cut of Justice League being really shit, so that's good. Yeah, the moustache. This is the moustache <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, by the way. I love yeah. that. Uh, do you mind if he, we shave his moustache off? No, fuck off. He's keeping the moustache, uh, mate. Because <laughs> no matter how much horsepower you have, uh, like <laughs> the quality of fake moustache you can get is infinitely more powerful than the quality of removing one with a computer. <laughs> um, and they still said no. I know. It's fucking balls in them. That's great. They, they, but they had, they had them by the balls. And I appreciate it. I, I just loved it. Like the studio and Whedon just said, well, well, we can't not have this shit scene recorded on a child's phone at the beginning of the movie. Oh, anyway, we've talked about that. Um, yeah, that movie's fucking great. Cavill is greatness. Yeah. Again, keeping the, keeping the real, practical, visceral stunt alive in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, bathroom fight scene's fucking awesome. But, that being said, Luke, I am your father. Which is not, yeah, even, the, it's not, it's not even the quote. Yeah, it's a movie so culturally defining. It, it, it's the, the actual lines are culturally significant and even fake-ass Mandela-affected lines are also <laughs> cultural institutions at this stage. Yeah. I, I mean, I... Despite how good Fallout is, I have to go Empire Strikes Back. I yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, the people. It's of almost Star perfect. Wars. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, there's bits in Return of the Jedi and there's bits in The Last Jedi that kind of get into this echelon as well, but not as consistently. Like, hey, like Empire Strikes Back is just where literally everything about Star Wars worked. Yeah, and. Exactly everything conceptually about the force and what it means to be a Jedi and what the Luke Skywalker character is, all of that stuff worked in a way. Again, those other two films I mentioned touched it. They did touch it and, and return of the Jedi, especially, but it's probably, probably the best sequel of all time. Yeah. And that, and that is, and plus, yeah, like we said, it's the most, like it is both, you know, critically acclaimed and as a film, incredible, but it's also the most like, culturally impactful film we're probably going to talk about um, today. Um, yeah, it's got to be Empire Strikes Back, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, Empire. Right. Empire all around. Speaking of the best uh, secret of all time, <coughs> The Godfather Part 2 or, or Enter the Dragon don't look at the handle, you'll miss all the heavenly glory. Oh, God. Was... I haven't seen either of these, so this is on you, boys. Ah, uh, Barry, lad. I've not seen, I haven't seen Enter the Dragon. Ah, Enter the Dragon is one of my all-time favorites. I have to go for Godfather by default. I think I feel like even if I'd seen it, I definitely would still go for Godfather. I mean... I, yeah. I don't like action martial arts films anyway. Oh, no, but Joe, you, you like Enter the Dragon. Oh, no, but you're like... Oh, no. You like Enter the Dragon, trust <laughs> me. 
Oh god, Enter the Dragon. Like anyone who who's excited about Mortal Kombat, like fuck Mortal Kombat. Enter the Dragon <laughs> is is it. That film already has been perfected. The story is like so bare minimum. It's like Bruce Lee goes to this tournament for basically no reason and just fucks people up for an hour and a half. There's a bit where he has like a, a bow staff and a lad is coming at him with nunchucks and in one motion he takes the nunchucks off the lad and hits him in the head with the staff oh, and then he used the <coughs> with the nunchucks oh. quintessential Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee is the coolest motherfucker in the world um, but Godfather Part 2 is a better movie and I would vote for that even though it's yeah. not as good as the first Godfather it's the weaker of the Godfather I, I gotta, I gotta watch me some Bruce Lee. Are we able to see enough Bruce Lee? Oh, Bruce, Enter the Dragon. Start with Enter the Dragon, and then watch Way of the Dragon, and then don't watch anymore. Um, right. Speaking of the best sequels of all time, uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day mm. versus Memento. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's uh, second best movie, as per our. Movie bracket, or Christopher Nolan bracket mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. Oh, this is really hard. Two completely different kind of movies, different ends of the yes. spectrum. Um, oh, we talked. We talked about Terminator the other week. I just, I love Terminator Two. Just the iconic, all the iconic moments. It's kind of a lot stupider than the first one. Yeah, uh, with all the cowabunga dudes and radical. But, but in saying that, Barry pointed that out last week, and I agree. Like, yeah, Ed Nor, Ed, not Ed Norton, Edward Furlong. <laughs> Edward Norton would be interesting. He probably was like what, six years old. Or um, Ed Furlong is like very annoying. Granted, but Terminator Two is one of those movies that I have a, a nostalgia for because I watched it when I was quite young, probably like ten years old, ten or eleven. Mm. I watched it in my grandmother's house on a tiny little portable TV. And it was just like the perfect age for the tone of that movie. Um, and yeah, even on Revisit, I, I really, really like Terminator 2. I think I do prefer the first one. I think the first one is just, to me now, is a cooler movie. Um, but I will always, always have a little place in my heart for the thumbs up. And you know, all the little come with me if you want to leave, and all the little bits. Hasta la vista, baby, of course, is from this movie. Oh, fuck, I might go, I might have to go. Do I have to go turn out two on this one? But, but Memento is so good, though. It's so, so good. But in being so good, it also doesn't necessarily. I don't necessarily have like a, a strong emotional connection to it. I watch it and I'm like, this film is mm-hmm. fucking great. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not, I don't get like my heart gets warm when I think, when I think about mm. it. Like if you ask me what I wanted to watch right now, yeah. T- T2, <laughs> anytime, anytime, brother. I w- never mind T2. I would just watch the clip of him saying hasta la vista for like two hours. And that would do me. Yeah. Your parent, your foster parents are dead. Uh, <laughs> Which is a great meme these days. Yeah. Hasta la vista, baby. And then the bit where he's trying to smile. Is 
robot math. Uh, well, we're both going Terminator. Barry, do you have an input on it? I don't know. If you both want to go Terminator, that's fine by me. Uh, we'll go... We've only got uh, four more, so we're nearly done. Silence of the Lambs uh, versus last year's Best Picture winner, Parasite. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's fucking hard. Jesus. I, I'm never a big fan of Silence of the Lambs, to be honest. Oh, you're not? Not a huge one. Um, and I loved Parasite, so I think for me, Parasite, pretty clearly. Yeah. Well, I should I rewatch so. Silence of the Lambs, really. I think Silence of the Lambs is great. Mm. But, as great as it is, I, I didn't... I, I, I finished watching it and thought that was that was a great thriller. Mm. Uh, I didn't feel like it was revolutionary, partially because it's also, like I guess, a sequel of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parasite, I was like, Rock, this is a film that's in my brain watching it. Yeah, maybe, maybe seeing silence in its day you might have had that effect but right obviously that's that's a hypothetical we're not here to debate i i for the same reason i'd probably have to say parasite i think it's yeah, yeah i think it is more of i think it is simply a more incredible film yeah i also appreciate that if parasite is like a gateway for people to check out some weirder korean movies it's great because there's some fantastic movies out there that people haven't checked out and probably wouldn't check out Especially Bong Joon-ho movies, like never mind Korean movies. Um, yeah, I'll go Parasite as well. Even though probably uh, I'll acknowledge that on my point, on my part, there might be a bit of a recency bias. But um, fuck, Parasite's just so good. Right. Uh, we then have a big old childhood smash-up. Star Wars. What, the first one? Right. <laughs> or Home Alone. Ah. Uh. Oh my god! Come on now, I'm 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 ratching into the to that big temple-like house, like I'm Anakin Skywalker in Episode Three, <laughs> and I'm murdering all those children with oh that lightsaber god. to set the stage for A New Hope. Come on! I oh, that's a really hard one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because Home Alone is <laughs> great. It is absolutely. <laughs> I want to go home alone. I think it's better. No, I, you, I knew I was riling you up. I knew you were going to do that. No, I, it's a better movie than Star Wars. I think. Oh my hole, is it a better movie than Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> movie. Oh. This is like the only. This is like the only film George Lucas is credited with directing that's actually good. Uh, I haven't seen American Graffiti. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's, it's funny Barry saying this. I think it, I, I'm not sure what way I'm going to go. I think I think it is very close. If oh. I had to, again, if I had to choose a movie to put on now, Home Alone. Oh my god, I got Home Alone. <laughs> Sorry, what is it? The poll of what Joe feels like watching after we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> See, Home Alone is is they're almost both perfect. They're almost both perfect films. Okay, but let me tell you about um, Little Fella. Or <laughs> C-3PO. He's a now He's a little bit of a character. He may, He's not as obedient as your regular robot. He's a little bit sassy, but you know who keeps him in line? Little chap right there by his side. The pesci of the robot world, R2-D2. <laughs> no. I'm not going that way. 
Go first. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Paul. Do you like middle-aged men getting hit in the face with paint cans? <laughs> I do, but I don't like yeah. when they stand on a nail because that makes oh, you go. Oh, well, they stand on a nail. Yeah, well, don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, hang on, now, hang on, now, hang on, Paul. Do you do you like a, a, a film where um, <laughs> if we're talking original edit here? It's like sci-fi and aliens and everyone kind of looks, you know, there's a human, there's a, oh, like a green guy. And then because of the budget limitations, there's just a wolf man sitting at the bar. <laughs> I do like that wolf man. Uh, and then, and then, uh, and then Greedo then, definitely, then, definitely gets shot first by Han. That I do like also when the old man with the shovel, who, am I wrong in thinking they think he's a pedophile or something in it? What's the deal there? No, I think yeah. he, he yeah. turns up and saves... There's a big face. Oh, he murders kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big face turned with a big shovel. That is great. What? What about? What about? Like, you watch a film one time, you go, "Oh, that's good," but then when you come back and watch twenty yeah. years later, it's even better because they've put a little. Well, that's the conversation I had with Home Alone, Barry. You're talking about Home Alone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Home Alone there. No. no. <laughs> you watch that one too. Yeah, that's all right. Who's the biggest villain in movie <laughs> in movie history? Is it Darth Vader or Uncle Frank from Home Alone? <laughs> no, it's co- it's cousin Bud or whatever his name is. That little twerp. No, Buzz. You're not like my room, you Buzz. Yeah, yeah, oh, completely unmemorable name. Little fucking uh, <laughs> Bud, Buzz, whatever. Little Jack Scrine evoking twerp. Negative points for that. Okay, we've spent way too way too much time on this one. Um, fuck. I tell you what, I would I would go Star Wars were it not bettered by its own follow up. Um, and I think Star Wars is great. I think it's perfectly paced. I love to go to Death Star and all that. Uh, come on, kid, blow this thing. We go home. Uh, but Luke Skywalker is also a little dweeb. And I've, <laughs> I so I will go. I will go home alone. Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, on yeah. the uh, strength of the lead performance, fucking oh, Mark Hamill's yeah. great. But what is Luke Skywalker, little milk kid, little nan kid? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you little dickhead. If oh. Luke Skywalker was in Kevin McAllister's uh, mansion that he lives in. Those wet bandits would have robbed his house real easy. Luke Skywalker would have no idea what to do. Uh, okay, actually, we have five movies left. I don't know why I counted four. Way more than me. Let's get through these quickly. Um, right, Barry. One of your favorite okay. up next. Uh, Die Hard. <gasps> Old Brucey Willis. Or Collateral. Oh. Oh man, that's fucking hard. I was literally just reading about collateral earlier and thinking oh. about how great it is. I know so, you like your collateral. I mean, I, I know what I'd I vote think I only for. watched collateral. So go on. Go on. I was, I was going. I know what I, I, I would vote for. I know what I would vote for, but I kind of want to torture Barry, so I don't want to reveal. I don't want to take the choice out of his hands. So. I'll go mm. first. Um, I think I only watched Collateral the first time because Barry recommended it. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen it. Uh, I 
think that Die Hard is very, very good, and I like Alan Rickman in it, but I think Collateral is a better film. Oh. Um. Hmm. Well, I was going to go for Die Hard, so Barry, uh, <laughs> still the deciding uh, vote for you. I'm on the spot. Yeah, I mean, this is like one of my favorite movies with collateral with the, with the caveat next to it that like you know one of my favorite movies that i don't think is everyone else's favorite movies whereas die hard is like i i agree with everyone else that it's also one of the best ever um oh god i mean i do and i do watch die hard every year and i you know what i've never i've never been watching die hard at christmas and halfway through and eh, you know i I get it. Fair enough. I never do. I always watch it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, as this is the CSP list, I got to I gotta put my stamp on it and I got to go collateral here. Um, mm, collateral. Play, yes. I fucking love collateral. They just put it back on Netflix over here. I might, I might give that another watch at some point this month. Okie dokie. Uh, next up, we have Spirited Away. My favorite of the Studio Ghibli films. Or one of the objective best films of all time, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, I've never seen Spirited Away, so I'll have to go for The Shining. It's also the mo- the only horror movie I can think of that really absolutely terrified me. Oh, really? Shining. I couldn't, yeah, I could barely watch it's, it. Uh, it's efficient. It's <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's going to be the fucking Shining. Come on, the Shining is one of... It's up there with The Godfather for me. It's just the the best. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I got to go Shining as well. I mean, I don't know why I'm... I got to go Shining. <laughs> Why are you thinking about it? Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, we have... The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. And Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh. That is a tricky one because I know which one I enjoy more, but I also know which one's the better movie. <laughs> <laughs> so am I going for the best movie or, or am I going for what would I like to watch after this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's up to you. Um, uh, I have to think about this one. Have you seen either, Barry? I've seen Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. So you can only vote for that. Okay. Oh. I don't know. Because I really like Wolf of Wall Street, but it is flawed and it is not. One of yeah. Best. Um, but then, do I prefer it to Citizen Kane? I'm going to go Citizen Kane. Fuck it. Yeah, me too. Okay. It's Citizen Kane after all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time I watched Citizen Kane going, Citizen Kane, like, come on, how good is it really? This old fucking black and white movie. Fucking blew my mind watching Citizen Kane. How good it is. Yeah, it's a cliche, but it is that good. Right here, uh, three more. John Wick 2, 
mm. the best of the Wick verse, mm. or Good Time. Oh, which we've mentioned already today. The best of the Safety movies, unless you prefer it for Uncle Gems, but I don't. Mm. While I don't know if I would agree, two is the best John Wick film. Oh, it is. I will <laughs> nonetheless agree. I will nonetheless agree that it is bloody excellent. And yeah. uh, good times, really good. But is it is it better than John Wick? You know what I mean? I, I don't know if it's better than any of the John Wicks, to be honest. And I, I like Good Time a lot. But it's maybe better than three. It's maybe better than three, but it's it's not better than two. I think it's better than one. And oh, you're on crack. <laughs> I, I think one. I think John Wick one has the bit in it where he says that fucking nobody is John Wick, which is the best moment in cinema history. But then it kind of goes flat for me towards the end. And John Wick three, I enjoyed it, but it was a bit self-indulgent. John Wick two, though, it's a hell of a movie. It's a real good movie. But is it better than Good Time? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I'll go John, I'll go John Wick 2 as well. Uh, yeah, I would write Good Time. I'm not big. I haven't seen John Wick 2. Oh, wait. Did I watch it? I can't remember. I don't like those theme kind of movies anyway. So good, good time. Weird. Okay, we're down to the final two. We have a uh, horror favourite, although I think, Joe, I think you probably still haven't seen it. Uh, the Babadook. I saw mm. You see? Oh, you've seen Babadook. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke presumptuously. Babadook or... Uh, an even scarier movie if you're eight-year-old Paul hiding behind the couch. Jurassic Park. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, I just rewatched both of these recently. Right. Um, Jurassic Park went up on some service and then I watched Babadook at Halloween. Um, um, kind of akin to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I saw Jurassic Park in its day, which I actually didn't. I don't think I saw it in the cinema. I think I saw two in the cinema. I think I was too young to go see one. Yeah, it came, um, out, it came out in 1993. So, yeah, so one, I, would, I would have been two, so fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, if I'd seen it in its day, maybe. Uh, but I kind of watched Jurassic Park 1. I mean, I'm like, I just don't love it. I, I kind of watched it like wishing I loved it, but I was like, there's something about it that just doesn't click with me. Um, and it might also be one of those things where it's paying for the sins of inspiring templates that would then be ripped directly from it for years to come. Right. Um, but I, I think I just love Baba Duke then as well. That's also a factor. Is that's that's incredible. So I have to go Baba Duke. Right. Joe, mm, Jurassic Park for me. Love, love Jurassic Park. Um, no, I did quite enjoy the Babadook. Jurassic Park is a classic for me. So I have to decide then. Um, yep. uh, well, do I love psychological thriller with hints of like 
you know, allegory. Oh. No. <laughs> or do I love a big dinosaur running around? <laughs> Remember when the dinosaur does the big shit at the beginning? I do, I do, I do. Let's get, let's get in it. And they're looking at it. They're looking at the big shit. And going, big, big shit. Big old shit right there. <laughs> Tell you what, the big old dinosaur is swung it. It's got to be Jurassic Park. <laughs> also, stupid, sexy gold bloom in it. Uh, yeah, go faster, uh, faster, faster. Uh, why am I cast as a sexy man when I'm the biggest fucking nerd in the world? I don't know why. Um, okay, and then we have our main event of the evening, the Joe Towner Memorial. He's, he's, you're not dead or anything, but... Battle Royal. The Joe Towner Battle Royal. Uh, back to the Future. And the Prestige. Oh! Um, yeah, I do love the prestige. It's another one. It's kind of similar to what you you mentioned earlier, Paul, with the um, Nolan movies. Yeah, like very smart, and I'll be like, "Oh, this movie's cool. Oh, it's smart." But emotionally, Back to the Future is gonna make me smile and laugh, yeah. and just be on the edge of my seat. And and it's my favorite movie of all time. So yeah, Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as well. Clear, clear winner. Yeah. Hmm. It's close for me. It is close for me. Um, I love Back to the Future. I actually recently was talking about Back to the Future with somebody. Mm. Or no, it was on The Chase, right? It was on The Chase, and the question was something like, which of these films has a... Like, which of these series of films takes place over the span of 170 years, right? Or whatever it is. Mm. And I... I didn't think it was Back to the Future because I have, I completely forgot that Back to the Future Part 3 exists. Right. And I was just thinking, no, well, Back to the Future Part 1 and Part 2 is like 30 years, right? Or no, 30 and 30, so 60 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love 1. I really love 2. I know the 2 isn't as universally loved, but I, I really like them as kind of a pair. I think they complement really well. Mm. Um, I adore the prestige. Um as far as like clever modern cinema and filmmaking goes, I think it has an element of wackiness to it, the prestige, but it's really mm-hmm. clever. And I, I love magic. I'm a, I'm a magic mark as well. So I love, I love that element to it. But back to the future is back to the future though. <laughs> and the, the doc and Marty chemistry and the girlfriend who turns into a different actress in the second film. Barry, do you have any input on this one? I haven't seen The Prestige. Oh, so it's redundant. Well, I, I mean... I, I Unless mean, yeah. you feel my, like voting, voting for The Prestige anyway, just to... Well, no, my, my options are... I know, I, 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 I would probably <laughs> abstain and let you figure it out amongst yourselves. Yeah, no, go on. We go back to, I'll go back to the future. So. Back, I mean, Back to the Future is great. That's a classic. Back to the future. Back to the future. Dark. Anyway, that's it. That's all the movies for this week. Cool. Next week, next week's round two. We'll uh, probably next week. This won't take so long because we've already discussed all the films. Mm. Be more just like which of the two is the better one. But uh, ooh, I'm looking at the brackets here. We got some fucking slammer, slobber knockers coming up. Mm. Oh, look at that! One. Look at that one right there. Oh, Jesus, that's mad. How are we allowed to do that? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Radio. And that's going to do it for uh, for this 
this week's show. Uh, a big show this week. Uh, if you sent an email, don't worry, we, we, we will get to it. Um, you can send us more. We'll, we'll read the emails there on Sunday. Uh, but uh, until then, I want to say farewell for now. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday with your usual uh, regularly scheduled programming. We'll have games, TVs, movies, uh, Dynamite review, of course. Um, yeah. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed WrestleMania. Uh, I watched some indie stuff over WrestleMania. I might watch a bit more. I got an IWTV subscription, um, so I might next week might might follow up with that. We'll see. And yeah, we'll do the fun and games we usually do. So, ChairShotPodcast uh, if you want to send us an email, and ChairShotPod on Twitter. So, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs>